As He's soon as I start taco, I are talking. I don't know what it is, but Nyako comes in like, "Oh, do you want me to jump on your lap?" No. <laughs> well, it's Hotline League episode 158 with uh, Mark Zimmerman, my constant co-host, and Raz. We're going to introduce both of them in just a second. Uh, but what you just heard was Mark talking about how terrible it is to have a cat, and I just want to include that into the intro of this because it's important that people understand that these. That what it is is that cat owners just want everyone else to be as miserable as them, so it's like a, a bait um, on this. Anyway, Mark, let's start off with you. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I um, had a, a busy day, and uh, I feel pretty tired because uh, we did a special episode of the dive today, so I didn't get as much sleep as I normally do because I had to get up an hour earlier, and I forgot well. when I went to bed. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your candidness. Uh, by the way, is you, have you just given up on your hair? What do you mean? Well, it's a little... Um... Anyway, Raz is here. Raz, how are you doing? Typical Travis body shaming, plus the misinformation <laughs> campaign that you have against the C-word. Um, doing well, though. I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks for having me, Travis. Has this been a tough couple of weeks uh, for you? Because... I know you're supposed to be doing LCS stuff, and LCS stuff is happening, and you're just at the uh, you're just beholden to a government, and their <laughs> slow paperwork processing. Yeah, it's like that Squidward meme that he's looking outside his window, and it's just <laughs> oh, like, no. yeah, they're just having fun without him. I mean, I, I've been loving the show. Uh, I've been loving watching it. I think the desk uh, is doing a great job. The cast have been really fun to watch. Uh, it's just been great to watch it but i'd rather just be in it so yeah that's it that that part's been sad but everything else has been fine i uh i guess i can say i'll say this because there's enough different iterations of the desk that people won't know which ones i'm referring to but i would say that the desk has been has had high highs and low lows that is my verdict on it i think there are some combinations of the people that are on it that i just i'm it's i'm like okay it's time for a co-stream but then there's other parts of it where i'm like oh this is great and i love the dynamic here so Hopefully they still keep keep that getting sorted out, but it'll be it'll be even better when you're there, Raz. I'm sure. Are you sure about that? Are you sure I'm not gonna blow up your viewing experience one minute of me and it's like, all right, where's Doublelift? <laughs> where's where's that man? Um, I mean, I've mostly been watching Medios' ghost streams. Oh, He's really? got a, he, his is a, a little bit more chill, I guess I would say. So I've been enjoying I've been enjoying the Medios ghost streams, and he he usually streams to like a thousand people, and so it's like. A little easier to like just feel like you're hanging out with people rather than you know like peter's been getting like forty thousand people watching his co-stream so it's just it's like lcs part two yeah he's even been getting the interviews i know ls has also been getting his co-streams i think co-stream has been booming i hope we get a call about that because i've been loving the variety of opinions that you can get right now um yeah. i haven't even i haven't even seen medios i didn't know he was co-streaming until like i think a tweet came out yeah. uh, dom as well so like i think that's awesome um to see the the funny thing about the doublelift co-streams that he just it's just a minute before he just hard flames someone else he's just like god damn it man you just <laughs> you had a competitive for a minute and you're out here just hard slamming players what the i mean fuck? i tuned into <laughs> his co-stream this past weekend um and the moment i tuned into it he was flaming the analyst desk uh i think it was something that crumbs of sake or something like that i was like okay well was i on I don't know if you were on. Uh, I think uh, I think it was full screen on Chrome. So I just and I go back to Medi Medios just plays a like two D hack and slash game <laughs> during the analyst desk part, 
which and it just like answers random questions from the chat. So it's just it's uh, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Anyway, uh, so Mark, I hope you're not pulling anybody yet because I have some news that I want to get a bunch of uh, callers to talk about, or maybe not a bunch, but I'd like to hear from at least some to sort of see how the the, oh general, boy. the general public feels feels about it. Uh, we can get to that in a second, though. Let's talk a little bit about Lockin. Uh, I really like Lockin. I think massive success. I feel like there's very few people that are saying there's issues with it. The most of the, mostly when I see people talk about Lockin, which I think is this very positive thing, people are like, yeah, but like it just shows that everything should just be like this all the time. And I was like, okay, well, can't, can't we just appreciate something without it being negative, you know? You mean like the people who are like, everything should become a... Uh, mini tournament. Yes. Why? Why have a split at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not told like opposed to the idea. Um, I I and I try it. Fuck. What next year? Just yeah. I I'm not okay. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I think it's a probably just a trade off, right? Like I I think there are downsides to that too. Where I don't think that this tournament would have felt as special if we were just rinse and repeating it, like this week. You know what I mean? It's like if we just do a bunch of these little mini tournaments, like. Yeah, if you just did this again, it'd be like, okay, now we watch TL in groups, and then they beat the shit out of some team in a best of five before yes. they make the finals and get tested again. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I agree. Yes. So I think I think there's upsides and downsides. And I think the league format hopefully has a better job of, of allowing – because there was a pretty big discussion. I think that Cloud9 played like 17 games over the course of lock-in, and that would previously be how much they'd be playing in a regular split. Now, obviously, there's more games this year, but um, – I think then somebody pointed out that like some of the other teams played like four or whatever, like yeah. the ones that didn't make it out of group. So I think um, league format is, is good, but I don't know. Raz, you said, I mean, you, you were watching, what did you think of lock-in? Do you think there are any issues? Uh, I think the only issue was, and the only thing that I really, I love the fact that lock-in existed only because like with how ridiculous the visa issues were with every, like every, nearly every team. Um, so if the actual season had started and we were taking notes of the games, like actual, actually being tallied and we just had i thought i think i counted as like seven or so players that were just not playing because of visa issues that would have been very sad um so uh yeah i I thought i love lock-in tournament and by the way the the stat that you pointed out like how many games people played that's just you're right i mean i I see that stat every single time like regular the, the playoffs go through right a spring or a summer playoffs is like damn this team tsm last time because they just went into constant game fives I'd played more games in the playoffs than they did in the regular season or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just how regular season, best of one regular season works. Um, I think more best of fives are great, and that's why I love the fact that this year we had it. I I was surprised that you guys saw the comments, because I didn't see the comments, like the positive comments, is like, we should have more of this, even though I guess that was the prevailing uh, sentiment. There was just I some saw, chatter like, about it, I think, on Reddit and on Twitter. Uh, okay. I mean, it's natural. Anytime this stuff happens, like there are always going to yeah. be people who are opposed to the league format, right? And so they want to see not a league format. So those those people yeah. tend to leverage this. Because what, what I saw in my timeline was like the negative aspect. People saying, well, this didn't matter. The uh, like the prize money amounts to like a, you know, a certain amount of days or something. These guys' salaries, like something like that, where it's like it, the tournament didn't matter. I was like, well, it's we always wanted a best of five tournament so we can get more practice in, in a playoff format. And I think that's literally what we were calling for and a preseason tournament as well. Like yeah. uh, Demacia cup and Casper cup has it as well. 
you don't have to field your full roster, which I'm assuming is like the next few years is going to be like if we continue to have like a lock-in tournament. More and more teams will start fielding like um, more academy players for whatever reason, because every team will have different goals of how they want to use the preseason tournament. Um, so, but for me, I was like, this is exactly the goal that we had. People loved it. Like the fans loved watching a best of five and we got uh, like, you know, quite a few of them and with amazing players. Um, and a lot of the teams came out with good tape. So I think there was a lot of value in it. I'm glad that, you know, more people loved it and didn't. Yeah, if I was at Riot uh, and I was on, I guess, like the League Ops team, I think two changes I would like to see are I would push it back an extra week because it felt like it started so quick and like people having to deal with visa stuff, as you pointed out. Now, obviously, not everybody was able to get in, but like a decent more uh, group of, of people were able to make it by the second week. And uh, and I think even like it, it just seemed like it a little rushed in some areas you know like i'm sure the broadcast would have benefited from an extra week of people being able to get rehearsed and all that stuff the other thing is i really like the idea it, i think if you if you push it out an extra week you can potentially take the final weekend and bring it someplace kind of cool like hosted at a at like esports arena in vegas where they've usually held all-stars or have it in san diego or have it in i don't know some cool place in la uh, you know, someplace where you wouldn't normally hold a, I don't know, like a, a finals or something because it's too close to LA or just doesn't make mm -hmm. as much sense. But like having that kind of like offline thing where people can come, it's still a small venue, you know, brands can at pop a vineyard. Up That's where we should do it. At a vineyard? Wine, I'm wine, down for wine at a vineyard. vineyard. Catalina Island. On a boat? Have it, oh, have shit. this at Catalina Island. We'll play on, on, we'll play on 5G, <laughs> yes. some, some hot spots. <laughs> just... Verizon sponsors uh, the league, you know, just run the whole thing off of a bunch of 5G hotspots. <laughs> no one cares. Oh the God. tournament doesn't matter anyways. Put it on a boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think that would be cool. I mean, obviously they couldn't have done that for this year regardless, but I think next year I think it'd be quite fun if they did. Because you want this to feel, because that's actually one thing I noticed is a lot of people were tuning in and they're like, I'm confused. Why are they doing best of fives? Or like even during the finals, people were not understanding that this was something where somebody was going to win. And they were like, is that spring split or whatever? Especially because the lawesports.com website has no games on it right now for LCS going forward. So if you go there right now. It just looks like LCS is done, which is kind of funny. Uh, but, it would have been, I wish I knew. I would have trolled some people and been like, thanks for watching Spring Split. We'll see you for summer. In, in four months, it's over. So anyway, but but having something that elevates it or makes it feel like it's a little different from from uh, the studio, I think would be quite good. So, That'd be uh, nice. I like that idea. So anyway... Uh, What's the think, spicy, spicy drama, Travis? Just yeah, drop okay, it. so we can, we'll get some calls, obviously, about Lock-In. We'd love to hear people's opinions on it or whatever. All right, so here's the, the spicy news. And if you think about it, it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. But uh, I have been informed that uh, some amount, I don't know if it's all of them or some of them, uh, but some of the LCS teams are pushing Riot to remove the import restriction for the LCS. The idea being that you could import as many players as you want. So you could do the full Korean team and all that stuff back in the day. Um, I have reached out to Riot, uh, who essentially declined to comment on this. Um, and it, I mean, for folks, I, I think part of the reason why I, I mean, beyond the fact that I trust my sources, 
part of the reason I believe it is because I think it was like Jack and Steve were on a Thorin show at the towards the end of last year talking about how they didn't like the import restriction rule or they thought it should be changed or lifted or something. So uh, that is it. So what I'm really curious about is I actually don't know where the community would fall on this. My suspicion is that people will have fairly strong opinions and there will be obviously a camp in both where they're like, hey, I want the best play or I think, you know, we're already so much of an import league that uh, we should just be able to do this or whatever. Um, and I want to see LCS win and whatever, maybe if that's, you know, five Koreans all, all playing together, uh, that's completely fine. Uh, I think there are others that are going to be really against it. Um, but I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know if the majority of people would support or be against or whatever. So I'm very curious uh, to hear people's opinions tonight about it. If folks have um, takes about it, they want to call in or whatever. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying that this is guaranteed that this is going to happen. But I do know that this is, or at least I've been told, that this is something that a lot of the owners are pushing for and want Riot to make a change on. So, um, What about the uh, the less teams with less cash flow do you know what they think because you sound like you mentioned a couple of the big dogs are probably for it but what about well so it's so it's unclear to me so i think there's some sense from talking to people about it and this is where i'm kind of speculating a little bit like this i'm not trying to say that these are the exact reasons before somebody quotes this and pits it on reddit but i so think there's some and put it on reddit by the way so drive our right i think there's there some sense that uh this might drive prices down on salaries, right? Because theoretically, you don't need to pay, like especially these players who are, like Impact is a good example of that, right? Where th he is a great player who is a resident, um, but you know, like you, you want him on your team, but whatever. So perhaps you can pay people uh, less because the supply potentially goes up, right? I mean, for instance, the LCS, like the, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because the native North American players would now have to compete against other players from other regions for their spots. They wouldn't necessarily be guaranteed X number per team. And so as supply goes up, demand goes down, which would lower the, the prices for some of the salaries on these players. I think that's part of the, the reason. I think others just other reasons are people think like hey we need to win we're not going to win if we don't if we can't import these players i don't know um but i mean again steve and, and jack i think talked about this on thorn show so people can go see the reasons they listed i don't know if there's a variety of different reasons or not but um would be very interesting to see if this ends up changing at some point in time this year or not i don't know what riot's going to do what do you have a instinct on it raz do you, do you like this idea gut gut reaction I don't, uh, mostly because every other region is hold to the same kind of rules and restrictions. I know some regions like LPL is much harder, but because, you know, getting a green card is harder, um, things like that. Um, and also, I think a, I, I, it comes down to a trust factor and uh, picking which players you deem is better than domestic talent. Um, I don't have that trust in teams picking a player that they deem is better than player that, you know, North American players that we have in the academy system. Um, I think we made a huge leap actually this year um, with the amateur system and bringing people up. And I want to see that, you know, continue. And I think it would be a, a bad decision 
to open the gates and allow for uh, players who, you know, I mean, it really does de depend on management. Maybe it doesn't mean too much because I'm looking at the rosters right now and a lot of the rosters don't even hit the two-player import, um, you know, uh, rule. But I just don't like it. I, I don't think that it's, um, you know, healthy for North America, bringing, you know, for North American talent. And also just in terms of fairness with the other regions. I know people will always use fairness with the other regions, say that North America has never, you know, done that in, North in uh, international events. Um, but if you start importing players who are, you know, not able to make it to LCK teams or LPL teams, it's not like it's going to change. I don't think results will change at all. Yeah, I think um, I think there is a portion of the fan base who wouldn't care and just be like, cool, we get better players that I get to watch. But you can watch them right now. <laughs> you know, if you want to watch the highest tier League of Legends, watch when Dom Juan plays, watch when uh, FPX, IG, you know, whoever you like plays, um, you know, go go watch them right now just because like if, if the shy comes north america you know like you could just you watch him in lpl against higher t competition so i don't think it's i think it would not really service those people who would be down for it because they are already are being serviced in that regard if it's like i want to watch the best play and i think it would piss off a lot of people too a lot of fans would not be happy about watching multiple all import squads i think um People talk about LMQ, and I think LMQ is remembered pretty fondly in the community. Um, but they were an oddity in that regard. They were the only team that managed to do it. Quantic tried. They busted out. LMQ managed to pull it off. Uh, they went to Worlds, and then they disappeared after, you know, these changes and stuff. But, like, they were pretty funny. Like, they were honestly a, a decently interesting group of guys to watch, and they were good. And I think, like, what you would see is there'd be multiple teams like them. Not all of them have as much personality, and not all of them would be as good. And I think that would, I don't know. I think it would get old really fast. Um, and then even if you do see success with an all import squad, like it's just like the naysayers are just loaded up with ammo. Yeah, like, I think yeah. what I like right now is even in a world where like, let's say uh, Tactical was somebody, like there, we you can build these rosters right now where it's five players who are not uh, not all people that were born in Canada or... Uh, America, however you want to describe it, that people who have moved over here to play League of Legends and over time become part of the system uh, through either grandfathering or otherwise. Um, those that like if if seen or if TL won right now, I don't think people would be being would say there'd be some naysayers, but they wouldn't be like, wow, TL won MSI, like it doesn't count because. But like if if next year. We just had five new players who had never competed in league before. Three months later, they win. Sorry, who've never competed in the league right before LCS. Who three months later go and win an MSI trophy for LCS. I think that would feel very strange. So obviously that's like an extreme version of this, but I think that's why there's there's kind of a slider on the import stuff. Uh, by the yeah, way, just yeah. to, I ran a poll a little bit ago. I think it was like four percent. I don't care. Nineteen uh, percent. Uh, that they they said no, but the vast majority, everybody else said yes. So what that tells me is, by the way, because so few people very voted, I don't care. This is something a lot of people care about. Uh, not that I think my Twitch chat is necessarily representative of the yeah. entire league audience, but you get my point. 
So, like, I have two takes on this. Like, first thing. It was first, the other like, way around. Yeah, most, yeah. Like, most people voted no, saying that they don't want the restrictions. Sorry, if I yeah. said that backwards. Yeah, you you said it that they. Most people do not want the import rule restricted. Okay. So while uh, Travis is receiving the goods, um, first things first for me, like I will, I do believe that there, like if you open the, like if you take away the restrictions, for sure, like you can build teams that are objectively uh, strong. Like I believe if, like if the general managers make the right decisions, or like the teams make the ownership makes the right decisions in terms of like picking players from, um, you know, either Europe. Uh, China or Korea, like I'm sure you can build pretty strong rosters and you can have an objectively stronger LCS. Like, but for me, the one thing that I kind of push back on is that I don't necessarily believe, like just from decisions that have been made in the previous years, that that would actually happen. Um, I think branding matters a lot. So if somebody has like a large uh, kind of, let's just say if they went to Worlds, um, and regardless of the level of play that they showcased, uh, they might have a higher chance of making it in North America. That's what I'm concerned about. That's the that's the first thing that I'm worried about. Mark, go ahead and, and explain what the poll. And the last thing, there. sorry, last thing. You already did. What the hell? How many times do you have to explain it, Travis? Well, I, apparently, I keep saying it wrong. So <laughs> I know what the <laughs> you, poll you said, but I just and then, I can't and speak I, correctly tonight. Apparently. Um, and, and the last thing for is I know that there is. I've always been concerned of like the whole xenophobia of you know foreigners come in. Um, etc. Taking our jobs and all that, and, and I, I don't want my opinion to be an echo of that because that's literally America, by the way, like the land of opportunity. A lot, it, it's a nation of immigrants, so people coming into the country uh, to find a new home and etc. etc. Like that's literally what the country is about. And I know that's a philosophical debate, and that'll go on forever as Travis has blacked himself out as he's blue on his food. <laughs> but like. Um, so I, I do want to push back for that. I just do think that um, there, it's a gray area. And for me, I think that we have a, a lot of great players that are coming up in amateur and academy that um, are at the level. Um, a lot of the talents that, you know, ownership would probably end up bringing in. And I also think that the bottom five teams don't even hit that two player kind of limit. So I, don't, I just don't feel like it's necessary and that we should do it. Mark, do you want to explain what the poll said? Uh, yeah. First, I, I want to just echo the the point that um, Raz was saying about like that. It's not xenophobia. It's more like the community of people. We want to actually be the ones to win, not people who came from Korea and then won for us or something. Like I think there's like a you know we want to do it, and, and not we as in like. NA, but like people who are actually part of the system. So, like, you know, someone like Santorin or Jensen, who are technically NA residents because they declared to be NA residents and have played the vast majority of their careers there. I think for a lot of people, same with Bjergsen and a number of other players, like to them, that is, that is an NA player. And it's not because they actually are American, it's because they're part of the LCS scene. So, that's why I think it's, I, I don't see the xenophobic angle of it. I see it more as like a people who have gone through the same things. And a final thing. I think we need to get to a point where we, as I said, fairness, because I know North America is the is the region that's performing quite poor internationally. But that shouldn't mean we keep pushing and pushing and pushing to like allow special, you know, rights to the LCS. If we're making it so they're the, the limits broken in LCS, it has to be broken everywhere. <laughs> like, like the LPL, yeah. the LCK, Europe. That point at that point, they should be allowed to have all team, any player come in and play within 
their teams without restriction. So that's what I'm more so referring to. I think that if, if uh, LCS is going to do it, I, and you know this is all speculation and it's all based off of uh, Travis sources, and I, Travis has you know pretty trust pretty trustworthy sources, um, then I just don't think it should be a North American specific thing. All right, and then here's here's my clearing up what Travis was trying to say. Twitch chat is pro import rules. Yes, they want import restrictions. Travis, you kept saying that they don't want restrictions. Yeah, it was double like, no. negativing a ton. I, I yeah, you were double. They don't. You, they want restrictions on the restriction. I knew what they meant. I just was I failing at verbalizing it. I was I confused. I was like, to Twitch really? Chat. Twitch chat is pro all imports? <laughs> I got confused. That was yeah, yeah. Poll. Look, here's I. I will, for the first time in my career, apologize to Twitch chat. All right. Normally, I'm of the opinion that they should be apologizing to me. But here, I say I apologize for misrepresenting your opinions, Twitch chat. Write it down in Twitch chat. And I think we should celebrate this moment by sending some prime subs to the channel. I think we can just commemorate this. Anyway, you're trying, to, you're trying to fail upwards. So you're like, I made a horrible point. I need to apologize. And now that I've shown I'm such a big person, please give me subs. Well, it's it's, it's a um, demonstration of unity. Philosophy right here. Unity <laughs> is very upwards. important, Mark. And so I'm trying. I think we, as a community, this Hotline League channel, we need to demonstrate unity right now by just all you contributing need, to the channel with subs. You I need like the team Martin get the dog and be like, we messed up, buddy. Mm. <laughs> That's the anyway. problem. You don't, have, you don't have any animals around there. You don't have cats or dogs to hold up and use as pity points. So he has Kobe. <laughs> bring Kobe and tell Kobe to put on a sad face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, is there anything else that happened? I mean, obviously the results happened. We we could talk about that. I think via calls. Well, look, some people are subbing. Thank God. Uh, what? And, and <laughs> disgusting. And uh, we could talk about some of the news from just now. And I don't know if there's there's much. I guess we can start talk about the beginning of LCS this weekend. Although I don't yeah. know the schedule, so that's difficult. But um, day one. All right. Don't tell my LCS producers I'm saying this, but day one's like full of one-sided stomps. I think oh. EG EG versus Hundred Thieves is going to be awesome. EG versus Hundred Thieves is on on Friday, um, and that's dope because they were both semifinalists. They just played on opposite sides of the bracket, so they haven't they haven't played each other yet at yeah. all. So so I'm looking forward to EG versus Hundred Thieves, but I think the rest are some beatdowns. Wait, I don't even see the schedule. It's not even out here. How are we going to? How are we supposed to talk about this, Travis? I'm leaking it. I leaked you day one. It's a oh bunch my of... goodness! We'll take well, right uh, here's what I'll say about the schedule. So my sources have told me that the matches for day one, and I gotta say, I don't think they're that great, except for EG Hundred Thieves. I think that that's going to be the one that's decent. I'm a. I'm Is the, did LOL Esports update? Somebody says it's on LOL Esports. Did it finally? It's update? on LOL. They no told me it wasn't going to be, or or they tweeted that it wasn't going to be up until tomorrow afternoon. There's no way it's on LOL Esports no, and not, not on Leakpedia. No, if you go to if you go to schedule right now and you filter by LCS, no future scheduled matches right. for your selection. Imagine Man, you're just like that. a casual fan and you're like, "Oh, that was cool." When's LCS started back up again? You go to the website, it just says no future scheduled matches. Whoever said go to LOL Esports, ban that man. 
<laughs> we can't allow misinformation in today's society, Travis. Right, yeah, we never around. get anything Yo, wrong here, like reading a poll backwards. <laughs> okay. Um, let's uh, let's start taking some calls, shall we? Sure. I'll I'll get the first person. Okay. Uh, thank you to Fragbyte Light for the three subs. I am Justin T. Uh, Ian Seven J Two Hammered. Bodies by Bert, who suffered 15 months and says, Hey, Travis, hope you're doing well. Thanks for your advice on the Alienware M15 laptop. Best computer I ever had. Awesome. Smoke Dog, 22 months, Dr. Manhattan for 39. Magical Quaz. And we'll get to some more in a moment because our first caller of the evening is here, and it's Tom Shu, uh, hey, Hotline League viewer favorite Tom Shu. Where are you calling from? <laughs> yeah, one of our uh, chronics. Uh, calling from uh, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to give my take on your uh, rumor that, uh, you know, some of the top orgs are trying to get rid of the import restrictions. Yeah. And it kind of feels like that the, like, some of the top orgs have pretty much kind of learned nothing, or at least kind of don't understand why North America is, you know, not winning at international events, because... Honestly, we've tried this stuff before where we've had, you know, import super teams or bring in like super hyped Korean players and hope they can, you know, carry us to a title like hell. We had freaking LMQ way back in 2014. And I think they ended up in what? Third place. LCS, they barely made it to Worlds. And like, you know, even if we bring freaking T1 and just pay Faker $10 billion to come playing na does that even guarantee that we're going to win a title yeah probably not <laughs> exactly like even if you bring damwon that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a title and i don't think the top teams or the top organizations don't understand why why regions like uh korea and china and europe are actually successful and it's because they don't they actually take the time to invest in their regions honestly it's like freaking making a retirement account you have to like put in money all the time and you eventually reap that benefit when you're old it's or like, you just go all in on gme yeah or you go on all in gme and lose everything this which is, is what a... they're gonna do right now with the uh, well you're not making too many friends um all right, <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right paper hands yeah 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 don't worry i, I learned my lesson during the first freaking uh you know the covid crash like when the the markets tank because of uh, all right. Well, we don't need your financial uh, story. I apologize, Tom. Uh, but um... uh, okay, yeah, it's a long story. But anyway, uh, but like I said, they are good because they have invested into their region over the, over many many years. I mean, and I think there's it, a lot of reasons those regions are better than us. Not all of them because they've just invested. So I don't think. I don't, yeah, like it, it, right now, if we just removed every player we've imported and then just started focusing on North American talent, I still don't think that that would like within two or three or four years suddenly get us an MSI win or a Worlds win. We'd be pretty bad. <laughs> we'd, be pretty, we'd suck, guys. You telling Core JJ tonight, guys? <laughs> like, all right, that's, like, that's okay. Like the point is, yeah, I am always going to say that we are always going to need imports to push up the, you know, the caliber of the region. Like 4JJ has been awesome, like, you know, hosting the in-houses and, you know, pushing up the level of play. And so is Alfari and many of the imports that we have bought in. But eventually, I think I will dominate said it in that, like, the biggest weakness any NA team has is that they have to have, like, three North American players. And, like, if you have, if you get, if you if you invest in your North American talent, you are eventually going to have 
like non-imported players that are on the same level of those imported players, right? And that is how we're actually going to win by having great NA talent on top of our great imports. And like to do that, we are actually going to have to invest in our talent long-term. And this is something that's going to have to take place over years. Like I remember when freaking the LEC kind of like exiled a lot of their imports. Like I think this was what, 2018? And yeah. they, they were they were pretty garbage for like a year. And now look at them. Like, look. like they've been to World's Finals, what, I think twice? Yeah, World's um, Finals twice and one MSI once. Like, yeah. yeah, like honestly, like this is why, you know, getting rid of some of the NA boomers is for the for the best. So we can start. It, it's going to take time. Like <laughs> rebuilding takes time and it takes money. And if you're not willing to invest that time or money if you're gonna freaking throw it all in the sword art like don't act surprised if you end up losing it all like come all, on. Right. all right all right all right, right. right. it three times in a row time to shoot <laughs> okay um yeah. so i think um i know this uh talk is being you know you brought up again just because of the um kind of like the you know what travis talked about already but it's something we're already doing like, i actually think that the process is already in motion so I wouldn't be concerned about uh, LCS kind of going back to basically, you know, o older talent or whatever that would may be, um, stagnating, you know, whatever that would look like for each organization and what they've done in the past. Uh, but like this last split, tactical coming in was already a great thing for Team Liquid. Um, this year, the amount of young players that are in the LCS right now. Uh, and by the way, it will look bad for a few weeks. Like that's just that's just the nature of it when you bring in you know more inexperienced players. Um, and we should look bad. Exactly, and we are. I think that that's literally what's happening. So I, I'm not too sure what that would look like if we just open the gate. Uh, you know, open the gate is probably too ridiculous. Word, but like um, if you just take the restriction away. Um, but I think with the process that's already happening right now, with amateur teams being linked into the academy scene. And all that being linked into the LCS side, I'm pretty confident with um, how development has gone. I, personally, this is just a, a gripe that I have that every single time there's a discussion that's happening within a domestic split in LCS, instantly people start talking about internationals. And I just, I hate that conversation because you like, we literally don't know what it will look like until the international event happens itself. Like, I think it's a great challenge to say, well, are the teams themselves improving? year to year and uh, making like actual progress. And I would say that we are. I think C9 and Team Liquid made amazing progress uh, in the off season. Um, and I think 100, I mean, a lot of, you know, 100 Thieves and all that. So I would say that the organizations are getting better and not weaker. So that's why I would bring a more positive light to it instead of like thinking that it's getting worse for the LCS. Yeah, it absolutely is getting better. And, like, that's the thing. I just don't want to see us go backwards. Hell, if we bring in, like, uh, we remove the import restriction and then some teams, some teams start getting, you know, cold shoulders and, oh, wow, uh, there's a freaking import or there's the shy who's available. He's looking pretty juicy. Like, why don't you want to consider bringing him over? And, you know, EG looking pretty. I mean, they've got plenty of money to spend. Before, the thing... before, I, before, because I want to say one last thing before I, you know, completely hand it off what's gonna what's gonna make that a reality is not gonna be the like necessarily owners just or the players themselves or the restriction going it's gonna be the community i thought the worst thing that happened in this offseason tournament or like whatever you know lock-in tournament was yeah we have a lot of new players that's pretty awesome oh god they're playing awful is flame them to hell like 
the, like just absolutely roast them with every game. Uh, like I saw that with Saligo. Uh, I saw that with um, uh, Fudge. Uh, I saw with every player. Like it's gonna look bad actually. Like for the first few weeks, as I said already. But if the owners and managers start seeing the flame happen week by week by week by week, you're like, all right, maybe we do look to an experienced player that's not good for us in the next, you know, year and a half. Yeah, it is. It is very surprising to me whenever uh, we have a player who's entered the LCS for the first time on a development team, and you have a lot of people crying out, not just fans, by the way being like oh my god i can't believe how terrible this person is it's like okay well um i uh i i think it's fair for us to expect perhaps this person will not win their lane most of the time against uh veterans anyway uh i just one of the things that's weird to me about this push to change to uh to lift the import rules like we are right now making very large pivots as an as a a league and as a region to try to spur local development and you know we've extended out past academy into the amateur side we've changed the way academy works uh teams are starting to invest in like deepening their their coaching staff and all this stuff and so it's it feels very odd to me because i think this feels like a push to go in the opposite direction, right? Because why will you go out and invest a ton to try to make a 16-year-old kid right now in high school the next great North American player if you're just going to swap them out for somebody You else? You could potentially call it trickle-down skill or trickle-down training, you know? Just, just bring in a bunch of uh, really talented people at the top and hope by playing against them in solo queue and things, the other people level up versus say taking that money and investing it into the actual system that uh, is the collegiate high school. We're bringing Reaganomics into the LCS. Love it. Yeah, something's trickling down all right. Listen, what we need is tax cuts for imports. And then at that point in time, their skill will start to trickle down and suddenly the 16-year-old at high school will become uh, way better at this this legal i mean game. the thing like so <laughs> trickle on, down on the, elonomics says Tom yeah i was trying to think of a i couldn't think of a funny funny enough term for it like the the thing about the trickle down idea of like increasing player skill by just taking imports off the top is like it's kind of like artificial inflation in a sense where like yes those players will get better but like there's less opportunities for them to actually play now because you've given it to more import players and it's like sure solo queue is a little bit more competitive and the whole region is better but you're just going to keep like every year that there's a dope new team on some korean team that's underfunded like griffin like every every year feels like there's some dope new group of rookies from korea who is not on a top tier org that can then get you know snatched up by na like those players are going to keep coming over you're going to keep bringing them over and maybe the other players that you brought in leave you know like i just don't I don't see that as a better long-term fix than actually addressing the problems that NA has. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you were level. if you were a player last year uh, and you liked being a mid laner, <laughs> and you're in North America and you're looking at the LCS, how incentivized are you to be like, hey, there's a spot for me there? You know what I mean? Like, I could just keep playing mid and get really good, and then eventually, like, go pro as a mid laner in North America. It's just, I mean, Shady, who's a support 
was a mid laner. And then during that time when mid was 9 out of 10 import slots in Pobelter, uh, he swapped. He said, fuck trying to get mid. I'm going support. And now, now like, that, the number of pros actually did that. It's it's not just a theory that happened. Yeah. I mean, they'd rather they'd rather watch you like watch Froggen or Phoenix run it down for the one hundredth time and pick up a new guy. Yeah. Struggle. I also just like I I have a hard time feeling as though teams will feel as incentivized to invest as deep into development if they feel like instead of having to pull from North American Amateur and Academy, they can pull from Korea or Europe or China. So. I don't know. Either way, uh, thanks so much, Tom Shu, for the call. Any shout-outs, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, so this is where I'd normally, you know, start making my plug for, like, Yasui and LCS. But, you know, I had a little bit of time to think about it. And uh, watching Sligo play, it's kind of asking him or calling for L for Sligo to get subbed out this early in the season would really just feel bad. Because I would really hate for you know, Saligo to get Yasui'd by Yasui, you know? <laughs> I, so, mean, I, think, I think he at least deserves a fair chance, a, a, a full split, because I do think so, he can be really good. With a Blaze Olive, Saligo, Palafox, and Insanity in, you don't think that there is the, as using your own examples, like the Phoenix and the Froggins this year, that, sh that shouldn't be given a chance. You actually think that this mid-pool is, is good? Is, that, is this the first time Tom Shu does not want a Yasui in? I mean, I do want you to see me in, but... But you, you don't know, have I, an obvious candidate to get rid of. E Fuck. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. This is, this is hard. Okay. Well, whatever. Just get me out of here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Have a good one. Good one. All right. We'll take another color, then we'll do a quick break. Off goes Mark. Uh, some more sub shoutouts, by the way. Brown Oscar, Flares TV, Darth Zombie... Uh, Exo Kaboom gifted a sub to LS. Team Corgi Mid, Laser Chicken, uh, Aldor for one year, uh, and Razzleplasm for a year and a half. Thank you, Raz. You're actually sub. That's very generous of you. Doesn't sound like me. Doesn't sound like me at all. Uh, Fez is here. Fez, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Gulf Shores, Alabama. Gulf Shores, Alabama. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I have the other side of the take that uh, uh -oh. Tom Shu had. So I think okay, the notion that yourself. importing like a full team of imports is bad or just stupid is just, it is really, really stupid to even think that it is a bad thing because there's tons of other sports that don't have any kind of restrictions and they have plenty of local talent that comes through. So the argument that it doesn't feel NA is just terrible because then these same fans that claim that, oh, I want an NA team, they're like, oh, we suck internationally. And they just start the flame train on NA. So Can I ask I, you a question? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Can go you give me a sport that you're thinking of that this is happening? Like, just so I have That's a no so, like, so the primary thing I always use, because I actually had some experience on it on the lower end, was the Championship League in England, because I played soccer in college and I trained over there in England. England, excuse me. And the EPL has such a good system of they have so much money. They bring the best talent from all over the world. Yet they still have talent that literally breeds with that top flight talent as youngsters and they still break through and it doesn't even just break through at their level it does it in all levels throughout all of europe so it just it frustrates me so much when fans are like you know when you give so much opportunities to youngsters and rookies then you have like a situation where fudge is against a top tier talent like someday 
or Alfari. And it's just embarrassing to watch a player like that look like a silver player that's playing a diamond player because he can't lane levels one through six, you know, proficiently. It's just embarrassing. So I understand Raz's point of, you know, trying to give these guys and they're going to look bad and all that stuff. But it's also kind of embarrassing to see it on the top level that is supposed to be in North America. I mean, uh, so the... Twitch chat is saying that the, and I, I don't know if Mark, myself, or Raz are experts on EPL, so it's hard to discuss the specifics of that, but oh, people I'm are saying, is done. I, yeah, go for people, it. People are saying the EPL literally has a British quota. Is this true, or have you heard of, of this? Well, I think the lower end teams do, if I'm correct, and it has changed over the years, because there are probably some real hardcore, like, championship level teams that, you know, championship rule league teams that know about that. But they have had restrictions as far as quotas for British players. But I mean, those—they never have a problem with that because no ever t no teams really get fined by it, except maybe, you know, like I think a Manchester City usually gets fined by it because they always break the rules. But I mean, that's practically it. All right. Uh, Twitch chat says all of them have rules. Problematic issue. Yeah, the problem is I think that this is terrible. all of them have issue. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just go to the probably the best example of it, which is probably like the NBA, right? NBA has a lot of foreign talent right now coming in. Um, one of the best players in the league right now, Yanis Antetokounmpo. Um, like in, in in general, if if you my thing is if you just open up the, uh, I'm not against having an open league to like and, and no restrictions whatsoever, as long as that's the case with every region. And then you have to recognize the positives and negatives to that. Where do the players want to go? Because the NBA is thriving. It's, it's, it's paying the most. It's an ideal destination for people who want to go and, you know, not only make the big bucks, but also live, uh, you know, in a, in a hospitable place, wherever they may be, right? Um, so you just have to figure out which country that's going to be. Um, and now you got to figure out if you open the restrictions around the globe, are people wanting to go to North America or are people wanting to go to, uh, 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 China or like or Europe, maybe North America, but that's going to clash with regions. Um, how would I put it? What their needs are, okay? You're probably going to take if people want to go to North America, you're going to take a good fucking shitload of uh, European talent. Europe's not going to like that whatsoever. Um, so maybe North America, maybe you or your fan that is in of your opinion would be like, yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, you're going to be unnumbered <laughs> by quite a bit. Um, so I, I think just from that basis, from that from that viewpoint, I would be against it. Um, so that that would be my take. I mean, here's here's a question uh, for you, you Fez. Do you think, like, let's say a e what is it EPL? Is that what's called? Yeah. European Pro League. Is that what's, anyway? Whatever. Let's say one of these soccer teams uh, from Europe. They announced tomorrow that they were going to have 25 players who had never competed in the league before, all from a different region outside of Europe, all come and form like a team. I get the feeling that that would not be popular uh, among fans. Maybe I'm so wrong. I, so I, I agree with you. I agree with you with that. And that usually never happens because the only teams that actually bring in that much of uh, much international talent are usually the top level teams but then they have their bottom teams which are not even bottom feeder teams they are actually competitive 
with a you know with a ton of local talent and that's that's the only thing i my argument with this is is i don't even think if the restriction was lifted i don't think there would be a team in the lcs save one or two that would fully import but there would still be tons of bottom teams that would still try to sell that we're local talent and they would have tons of fans because of it so i just I don't think this think citation it... needed uh for this conversation a little bit I, right I think because that's like... well, go ahead, that's where i'm i'm landing on this is like if we're going to use a real world example i'm fine with that i actually love to look at a, a real case study for this but pretty much every league in the world where there's a large amount of importing um you know at least like the popular ones that we're talking about that league is like the premier version of that league like the nba is siphoning talent into it because it's the best region like best spot in the world to play and these players are getting an opportunity um same with like the MLB, you know, it's like, I just looked it up. There's 28% from 2019 data, 28.5% of the players, 251 of the 882, you know, like MLB is the biggest league in the world. So that's where there's a lot of like the importing is fine there because you were already like, you don't need to preserve spots for American talent because we're already the, the top of it. So like, is there a case that we can look at where the region that's doing the importing is actually not the leader in the world? Like there's Turkish leagues that will get like up some pro players from NA or for, for ML, uh, NBA, excuse me, like and stuff like that. Like I know some Turkish leagues have imported like Brandon Jennings for a little bit when he didn't want to go to. I think it was Turkey. I forget where he went exactly. Maybe it was Spain. I don't fucking know. Um, but like Brandon Jennings went there for a little bit out of high school. But like I can't think of a league that has the money like we do to take from the other premier leagues in the world and then bring it over. China China brings people over like, but those are usually like kind of washed pros going there at that point, you know, like Stefan Marbury or whatever played and was like dominating China for, for like the last yeah. like five years of his career, whatever the fuck he was doing, you know, like that happens, but it's not like, it's not like China just suddenly bought Michael Jordan or like could, could ever get LeBron or, or anything like that. Right. You know, like that's why none of these examples work because like there is a possibility that, you know, you could get a Dom one. Theoretically you could get a Dom one if you lifted this, uh, restriction. It was just like boom. Uh, yeah, we just you know, took like, perks. Yeah, people say the MLS, but we're not like as far as I'm aware, the MLS does not have the money to go get people in their prime. Actually, like we got David Beckham when he had half a leg, right, or something like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like we didn't, we did not get prime David Beckham. But the MLS also had a lot of salary caps, which they couldn't compete with the rest of the world when it came to salaries in sure. general, which is yeah, not that's... an A problem at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to find, like, what is an actual real-world case study where we're taking a league that's probably the third or fourth best league of this sport in the world, but has the money to compete against the biggest in the world, and thus is bringing in their prime talent in their prime. I actually, I don't know of one. Maybe there exists one, but I you're, don't know. You're, the only corollary is kind of like... the something where it's happening within the league, like the Yankees or whatever, acquiring a bunch of great players and people getting pissed off about that and that type of thing. But I, I can't think of anything that's across regions, though I'm not a huge international sports fan. Sure, there's like cricket or something in some country where all yeah, the Yeah, I'm sure there are. is, but like I don't know it and I can't then compare it. But like all these examples, I'm like, no, that one doesn't really work because like the, the NBA is actually the biggest league in the world. And like, I don't know the EPL situation, but it sounds like they have restrictions for, for English players. So like, you know, but I so, mean, in my honest opinion, I don't think, I mean, I think the import rule being lifted completely would be okay, but I still think that it should be 
more than two in my opinion maybe even just three but no more than two from the same region i'm not sure well that I would just, just be an adjustment of the import rule right correct in my opinion yeah all right once again i do think that things like these plus like if i know that things like these will be like in discussion alongside like salary cap we can't just do it for one region i think it'd be absurd to just do it for one region you have if you're going to do it you're going to have to do it with all um regions and um my concern would just be like you're just taking talent it's already an issue right now where there are talent being taken from europe pretty consistently and we only have the two uh, player limitation um so if you just open the gates you know you'll have a lot more players from europe being taken i know european fans wouldn't be happy now. i know right Steve now the conversation like... i know right now like, conversations from the north american perspective but Certainly European teams would hate that shit. Okay, I do have one, and this is a joke, everyone. Okay, uh -oh. so please don't bring this up on Reddit six months from now and talk about how I, I'm a horrible person. But just imagine how salty LEC fans would be if Steve just bought G2. Like, he just brings over all five players to North America and is like, this is the new Team Liquid roster. There we have it. You know what? This is sound like a good idea. A change. I, I, I'm on board with this. Lift the restrictions. Let Steve's money flow. I am ready. And you know what? Carlos would probably be fine with that too. If he can get a, a cool twenty mil to <laughs> for all of his players, I he'd be down. You know, this is a win-win for everybody. I'm on board. Uh, thank you so much, Fez, for changing my mind. And is there anything you want to say before we take a quick break? No, uh, just thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for the call. All right. Uh, speaking of an award-winning brand uh, like Team Liquid would be if they bought G2, let's talk a little bit about Alienware, our sponsors. They've won some awards. They've won some recently even. Uh, they make some amazing products. Uh, you can go check them out at alienware.com slash Travis. I believe the new code is Travis 10 off. It was previously tra Travis 10 off Q4, uh, but we're switching and we're mixing it up by just dropping that little bit for the uh, while. Anyway, use Travis 10 off to save 10% uh, off your order uh, at the Alienware website, uh, but they make some awesome stuff and uh, they support the show. They do some great things. Uh, I believe that they help send Blue, the team liquid horse into space. Uh, this past week, you can go look at my interview with Steve. I did with that uh, around their announcement around Liquid, Liquid Plus. Uh, but really appreciate Alienware. They make some amazing monitors, by the way. You got to check these out. 360 hertz. I have one of the things I love right now is I'm looking at Raz and Mark on this 55-inch 4K gaming display uh, that they have. It's a monitor, but it's like the size of a television, and it's OLED. It's beautiful. Was playing some uh, some games on it earlier, and it's it uh, also uh, it also comes with a smellometer. It, it like makes oh, it so you can smell Raz and I. Mark, um, you're gonna get me in trouble because I think that these are that's all all of what Mark is saying is a joke. Uh, please don't FCC or FTC or whoever take me to jail. Take Mark. Uh, either way, uh, thank you so much to Alienware for their support of the show. Please take a look in the description, and uh, you can see. And see what's up. Oh, Steve is talking in chat. He said, LOL. Uh, so there you go. Either way, thank you so, so much, Alienware, for sponsoring the show. Uh, Travis? You ready for the next caller? 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we ready. What were you gonna say? I was about to say, you know, you were talking about Alienware being an award-winning brand. Have they won the Gaffies ever? Yes, they did. They won uh, for sponsor of the year. In, oh, in okay. first year. Yeah. And I think they won it. Maybe we didn't do that as a category in the second year, but yeah. Uh, right. By the way, I get you, and it didn't work, so that's fine. Somebody in Twitch chat was asking how Minecraft looks. Uh, who was it that asked? I'm trying to find their name, but regardless, oh, it's uh, Zeus. Minecraft looks sick because you can actually use ray tracing in Minecraft now. So if you get a, an RTX, an NVIDIA RTX a graphics card, you can uh, you can do ray tracing stuff in it. I think Avali and I did a video for it. I don't know if it's on my YouTube channel. I might have just tweeted it out, but uh, we were looking doing the ray tracing stuff with the Minecraft. It's pretty fun. In what world are we challenging? You know, the graphics card with Minecraft. What the hell is this question? I mean, it's they they have ray tracing. It's it's exclusive to certain cards. Uh, either way, Nicole is here. Nicole, where are you calling from? Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back. What do you Thank want to you. talk about on the show? Uh, so I basically want to talk about how people are hating on Fudge way too much. And, like, while I think some of the criticism is deserved, obviously, like, he has been playing, you know, maybe not up to some expectations, like, you are not seeing the same amount of hate for each of the rookies. And a lot of the time, I think that this is just because he's on C9. You know, like, you're on one of the best teams or with the highest expectations, you know? And you're seen as the one kind of sore thumb who's underperforming. Like, I don't know. I think that's why he's getting a lot and a lot of the hate. But I think people fail to remember, like, he's never played in the LCS. He's going up against Alfari and Someday and even, even Hooney to an extent, you know? Like... I don't think it's fair for everybody to be criticizing him as much as they are. And as much as I hate to say it, I think Doublelift Stream has committed, like, has really, like, made it worse. You know, criticizing the play is fine, but it's just become so, so excessive. And he's such just an easy target and laughing joke. And I just don't think it's as deserved. Okay. Who, who wants to dive in first? I will dive in first, and I'll say... I'm not taking the double lift angle. This is, we've talked about double lift co-stream two times twi <laughs> the last two episodes. I'm not talking about it again. But I, I, no, no, you can do it. Raz can talk about it. Yeah, I'm Stop not limiting anyone else. Raz, Mark. I'm saying I'm not touching that that topic again. But I will say, uh, I, I overall agree with the point. You know, like if you look at the quality of play from Fudge on a purely like objective, how is he playing level compared to. Niles, compared to Revenge, Fake God, uh, some of the people that you would put lower on, you know, your kind of like tier list of top laners, I don't think he's playing worse than them. But they didn't make the fucking finals. They didn't play a five-game series against Someday. They didn't play a five-game series versus Alfari. So you didn't get to see them get kind of exposed against the top teams in the league over and over and over again. Um, so, like, on that point, I think the criticism is totally justified that, yeah, he is the weak link for C9. They can maybe struggle this year if he doesn't shape up. That's all actually true. But to your point, I don't think, you know, people would feel that way if this was just week three of the regular season because they wouldn't have just watched him play back-to-back -back series against literally one and two in the, in the power rankings and some internationally dominant top laners. Raz. Yeah, um, I think the this is one of those topics where it's like criticism for sure, pile right in, right? I, I think criticism is great. Um, you can, if you're a fan or if, if one team or whatever, like just 
it, it, it's completely fine to go in that direction. Um, obviously, the flame is the one that I'm talking about, and the expectation is something that I want that I want to nail down. So, like some of the random shit that I've been seeing and on Reddit and social media, it's like, okay, well, what do, what are you expecting? And also, it's not real criticism. You're just, you know, it, it is just a circle jerk at some point. Um, so, like, that's one thing that I don't like because that's that's just a trend that always happens is that, you know, North American fans are like, where are the young talent guys? Where are the new players? Bring them in, owners and general managers. Oh, this is your new player? Get him the fuck out, owners and general managers. Uh, but every every day, I will I will spam his timeline. I will spam you. I will tell you to get him the fuck out until it happens. But now why do I have an old player? It's just, it's ridiculous. Like... <laughs> So like criticism is great. It's just the constant shit that you hear every fucking time. Um, on, on the on the double it point, I mean, I I love entertaining streams, and if people are entertained by that, then fine. It's just that, um, yeah, like I I would agree with the excessive shit, but I've also been a you know I've also been a suspect in loving that and tuning in <laughs> for that. So I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna go too far into that. Um, um, but yeah, just the community points what I'm going for. What accent was that, by the way, Raz? It was kind of like an English posh kind of lord. Somewhere, somewhere there, and then I meshed everything because I'm awful at accents. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it, it started there, and they just started traveling somewhere else. I didn't know where. Yeah, I just it just it starts in a great spot, and then I just take inspiration <laughs> from everywhere. <laughs> I I've seen some people. Rat, okay, Raz. Earlier, I said. Raz, we hear your keyboard. Can you mute Discord? Oh, when God. He said, hey. right. And then he says his speech and then starts typing in the Twitch chat again. I'm sorry, podcast right. listeners. I'm sorry when you're out, you know, you're you're in a dark room, you're just trying to zone out and listen to the podcast, and you've got Raz's cherries coming through. Anyway. Let's let's get back into it. Uh, now that I've publicly yelled at him so i've seen some people say well fudge talks shit so he deserves this one so i know he said any tops are brain dead right um did he say anything else like what else what is on the list the shame that list? Was it. what that was it <laughs> that was it God, someone tell that guy to pipe down. He just keeps running his mouth. Oh, my God. The gall of this man. I can't believe he would say something like that. Hold on. Papa Papa Uh Papa Smithy chiming in from Twitch chat. He had a lot of different smack talks, apparently. Okay. We are are on My voice cracked. Uh, He says he he had other talk shits, but I don't don't (laughs) see. Like, okay. Let's put it this way. If he said a lot of other things. The people in Twitch chat that are saying he trash talked evidently did not hear them because nobody's able to say what he said. Uh, so anyway, here's what I think. I think you can't say, well, this person went out and was very confident in themselves and liked to trash talk in probably a fairly joking manner about the competition. And then he failed. And so now it is time for all of us to band together to crush this man's soul beneath our collective shoes and make sure that he knows 
to never have the gall to trash talk again because he deserves this. All right. I think um, a really great example of some like using a player's words was primal on on the AD. I think it was like week week two. He said it. He was like. Fudge said everyone else was brain dead, but he got lobotomized or something. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's like a, you know, clever wordplay of throwing a player's words around, you know, but like that's different. And then like just people being like, Fudge fucking sucks, (laughs) you know, like, which I think is where the line is from. Like you can make fun of them in a clever way by like, you know, oh, he talks shit, get hit kind of thing. I think that totally is fine. I think the whole. Uh, real criticism, like, hey, if he doesn't shape up, this, this, and this, it might be a problem for a C9 and best of series versus blah, blah, blah. Totally fine. The one I don't like is just that last one where it's like, man, fuck Fudge, I hate this guy. And then you go in his DMs and it's like, KYS loser, you know? Those are the ones where it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, somebody in Twitch that says, no, he deserves it because he's trash. Well, I guess they didn't say deserve it. It says, no, he's trash. So, like, I guess I just, I have a hard time. Look, I get fandom. And I get that people are very passionate about it. I get that it's, like, fun to make these jokes. I'm not even suggesting people shouldn't make the jokes, right? Like, I think memes and stuff are great. But the people who are just, like, I don't know. They're like, huh, I saw him. He he lost again. So I'm going to go and I'm going to talk about how garbage he is in a, in a co-streamer's Twitch chat to really just show how cool I am. I'm like, eh, it's not. you're not impressing anyone. All right, you know what he thinks you're clever because you could be like this guy sucks. I don't know. I just I think it's lame. I'm just against the circle jerking, where it's like the prophecy is literally self fulfilling. If only if you're only looking at one player and waiting for them to fuck up, you're just gonna. It's just going to be a self fulfilling prophecy. That's what I'm concerned about because every single time there's ever like a miss CS or whatever it may happen. I think this was obviously a really bad showing from Fudge. So like I've also piled on, even tweeted about it. Like it's just what it is, right? But that's what I'm always concerned about um, because it's just it happens every fucking year. So I just want people to just judge to their play. If the guy, if the guy fucks up in the game, okay, let's go wild, right? But obviously like. <laughs> Leave the personal insults out of it. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I will kind of nail to. Because I think it is a gray area where I'm, we're never saying don't criticize somebody because they're playing poorly. Um, the only thing I'm hitting on is the expectation versus reality. Um, and also the personal attacks and the circle jerking. Also, I think like the uh, random, random other tag on here, like people say like, oh, he talks shit. Said everyone else was trash. Um and I think it's it's much more interesting to me when a pro player responds like, hey, dude, why don't you shut your mouth next time until you actually, like, do... You know, like, that's cool to me when you get the interaction between the pro players, but when, yeah. it's, like, random people, even, like, myself included, like, you know, taking your comments, like, he wasn't talking to me. I don't have any reason to, like, oh, yeah, that's what you thought, idiot, but then I didn't do anything. <laughs> I wasn't one of the people who put you in your place. I just sat in the sidelines the whole time. What's that fucking quote? Does anyone know the quote I'm going for? easy the people in the arena get the glory the fucking critic is the worst you know what i'm talking about absolutely not and i'm just gonna oh, leave God, you out dry fuck all right you know what Travis, save me while i google this okay well here i think it's a theodore roosevelt quote okay everybody sorry even sorry better to, uh, oh yeah i think i can i can oh you, you go on 
I think uh, I've, Mark Merrill actually had that in his office whenever I went to go interview him. I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I apologize for people that are. I, I'm loading Twitter right now. And it's not in night mode because I'm loading All right. the thing. But like, uh, oh, okay, you going? But like this type of stuff. Oh, this type of stuff. I'm like, Devishon nine. Uh, Fudge says played poorly, but I think there's a lot to take for oh the series. Oh my god, you putting someone on blast, Afari. Travis. And goes, <laughs> You're using your platform. <laughs> yeah, you suck. I, mean, the, I just I have no pity for oh I have no pity for the the type of person who feels like they can just publicly tweet at somebody and then face a, like but also be anonymous right like you're out you're you're like I sometimes people will be like uh, other influencers or players or something like that will screenshot like a terrible message they got but then they'll like censor the name of the person and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Why are you why are you providing cover for this person? Like they they've just they're trying to, to like anonymously attack you and then you're just letting them stay anonymous? I don't know. I think it's so weird. Um but like there's stuff How like about that, that where it's just retweet like, life. I just I think it's so weird where people are just like, here, I'm just gonna tweet at somebody and tell them they suck. You know? It's just it's whatever. <laughs> it's um, not I'm gonna daunting. go I wanna go further uh on the point about People just taking smack talk to the next level and just like beating it with a dead, you know, with a dead horse. That's not how that goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty fucking strong to be swinging a dead yeah, horse around. Beat that mother lover with a dead horse. Um, also, I remember when Perks came out and said he was going to go deathless in the tournament. Obviously a joke. Uh, but, you know, just that's just Perks thing. He does, he does that throughout the entirety of uh, LEC and people love the banter. He does it day one LCS. Every day he dies, just, guys, like, what is this? Like, just absolutely shit-talking him every fucking day. Can we not just enjoy the shit-talk? Obviously, when it's a joke or if it's just, even if it's just, in Fudge's case, completely wrong. Might have been slight, like, 20% joke, but 80% what he really believes, and he gets smacked. And then we're like, all right, guys, let's just fucking pile in. I don't yeah. know. Let's, I mean, let's, I think- let's deal with that a little better. I think uh, it reminds me, Raz, of what you were saying before, where it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, where it's like, uh, wow, we really feel like LCS players are boring. They just give such generic answers in interviews and like, no, no, Raz, don't get distracted here. I'm trying to have a conversation with you. Uh, They give just, they give such boring answers in interviews and all this stuff. And then, and then uh, somebody's like, aha, bold statement. And then they flop and everybody's like, don't ever fucking open your mouth again. Don't say anything like that. Anyway, we're going around in circles. I apologize for the people that are listening to this. Nicole, what do you think of everything we've said here? Sorry. Uh, I agree with Mark. And, like, I like the, you know, kind of banter, funny, like, I don't know, like, jokey about how Fudge is bad. Or maybe if, like, if you're criticizing his play, I think that's okay. But I think, like you guys mentioned, the harassment and the just, like, one person, double lift says Fudge is bad. And just everyone kind of starts saying it and it turns into, like, this... You know, everyone has to say Fudge is bad, and I don't know. I feel really bad for him, too. Like, it's your first weekend in LCS. You're playing against a lot of the best top laners, like, in the region. You already know you're probably going to be the worst player on your team. So if your team doesn't meet your expectations, which are already exponentially high because you have perks on your team, you know you're probably going to be blamed. He did have a poor performance, but, like, I don't know. Are people talking about how perks and blabber maybe aren't doing amazing in some of these games either. They are, but you just see so much on Fudge. And I feel bad for the guy. Like, 
if he's reading all these things, like how motivating is that? You've played 10 games or I don't know how many games, a lot of games, 17 games. And like, this is what the community says. Like you don't get a second chance. It's literally your first three weeks, you know? So I just hope people are a little nicer, you know? No, I appreciate it. I think the one quick thing I want to say is team Hezzy in the chat says, LOL, who gives a fuck? It's part of every community. It's not unique to esports. Status quo is never a good excuse to continue something. Like just saying who who it's just what the way it is is such a terrible re- reason. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to continue to be that way. It's just like the laziest answer for somebody who doesn't have a good argument. Anyway, Nicole, thank you uh, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Um, no, I don't know. Shout out to uh, Mark's cat. It's very cute. I can't type chat, cat in chat, so I have to say it now. Yeah, there's there was the graveyard of uh, comments when I when I pulled this bad boy up. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, true. thanks, Nicole, for the call. Alrighty, bye guys. See ya. Um, by the way, Team Hezzy is a sub and has been for quite some time, and probably won't be in the future. And I, I'm sad to have lost that money. And yet, I will speak my truth. Uh, thank you, to, <laughs> thank you to the Meek Freak for Ted Buds. Uh, I am the Goo Man. Uh, for, for I'm These Dr. are amazing no- names. Noelle, uh, Gengarifith, uh, the Fritz, uh, Blaine ba- Blaster, PD Null gifted twenty one subs all at once. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for the huge rainfall of subs. I don't know why, but I I do appreciate it. Uh, B Broncos, and then. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to say the full name, but Meat Hook. Thank you for gifting a sub. Uh, it's an interesting name you've got there. Uh, Mark is. Mark was getting was doing stuff, so he was actually not pulling anybody right now, but I'm sure he'll pull somebody now. No, instead, I'm actually going to read you the Teddy Roosevelt quote because I just think it's an awesome oh, okay, quote. Go for it. Uh, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man in the arena whose face is marred by the dust, sweat, and blood. It goes on for a long time, but it's awesome. Uh, hold on. The last part's really good, though. If he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. It's like, ah. Just I really like that so, or that you. quote, but um, as a critic, I, I hate it because I'm like, no, 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 hang on. Hang on. Hang, hang on. on. I, I have a soul. I'm not I'm, cold. I am important, okay? <laughs> All right. I love it. And and it, it's targeting people like me. And I'm like, you know what? You're not wrong, Teddy. <laughs> I am weak. What? Why don't we... What, how many political references have we made so far in the show? Also, I now know why he didn't remember it. <laughs> He's never going to remember that shit. It's true. It's very long. By the way, we somehow bit, finished the scam train during all that. So thank you. I don't know how we got a scam train to level five. I guess it was PD Null gifting so many subs, but uh, yeah. thank you. Xkyella, thank you as well for the sub. Um and for the call just now. Golden KS is here. Golden, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Are you on your phone? No, I'm on my headphones and laptop. Okay. Uh well, what do you want to talk about on the show? I wanted to take another look at the fudge situation and have a kind of other side of the story. Uh Fudge is not a rookie. He's been to worlds, has a lot of experience and did not do well in the last couple of series. And obviously, you know, he was competing against the best, but I don't think that's a good enough excuse. 
And going forward, I expect other teams to focus on fudge as the weaker point of C9 when playing against them in the regular season and potentially be even successful in uh, getting wins over tonight. So I let's let's focus less on the because I know we're kind of running back on the fudge stuff, but let's focus less on like the toxic nature of the conversation and more on just fudge's performance. So well, that's Mark? why I like this one-two punt because we're like, nope, don't be toxic, people. And this guy comes in and brings totally fair criticism. You know, fudge fudge is not some new kid on the block. He's been around a little bit. He is the youngest player in the LCS actually as a starter. Um, so he is young, but he's not like. I mean, here's one thing I hate when people talk about um, rookies and like, oh, they need. They need a big window to become good. And it's, you know, cut them a lot of slack, even if they do really dumb stuff. You know, like, I don't I don't think that's quite the right mindset either because I, I worked with Bunny Fufu. People don't know the Bunny Fufu story. He was in high school when we came in mid-season, replaced Z Kent with him. Uh, he was still in high school at the time. He would come up, he would do high school during the week, scrim with us on, like, less time, and then come up during the the weekend to play with us and then he would go back home during the week and you know what he came in revitalized curse in uh spring he got us into playoffs he was a monster in playoffs you know and this is a kid who had almost no competitive experience prior to that he was on some of those like kind of crappy amateur teams and pretty much straight out of solo queue into like making big moves on the lcs stage so like i definitely kind of agree with the mindset a little bit that like hey yes rookies are going to continue to develop this is not the end of their career but like if you go out there and lay an egg, like you laid an egg, it, you got to call it what it is at that point. So mm -hmm. absolutely to this point, like Fudge did not play well. He was a liability in the series. People are going to keep attacking him and he needs to, to start doing a little better. One in one in four games or one in five games that you played well on your rally is not enough in, you know, serious competition. I think it's funny that bunny fufu probably now makes more money than most lcs pros just by doing his, his youtube stuff he's a really nice yeah. guy i'm happy for him <laughs> oh he's still at it that's cool yeah he's no he he does but he's very it's a very different type of content than i think most of us would consume one one more quick thing people say oh it's a different scene it's like go go look at korea go look at the people who come out of nowhere and just start slamming after like one season in yep. uh, the developmental scene there same with like korea and whatnot you know but like, mark you that's the exception not the rule right how old was bin okay. he was 17 playing in a world finals yeah um so my take on uh fudge was i was actually the type i was you know an offender in the sense that i thought bringing fudge right up you know, he would, I wouldn't say that he was going to be on par like Rich, but I didn't think it would be like a marked, um, like a noticeable decrease. Like they were going to play like, suddenly he's just the weak point of the team. You can just play through top side and he would just, you know, fuck up and uh, in laning phase. I didn't expect that at all. I thought he was the best, um, you know, uh, top laner in Academy. I, I, I literally coached in Academy and I watched his games, not in through scrims, but also on game days. And I thought he played, performed really well. Um, I thought him, Darshan, Fake God, um, I had those as my top three and, uh, you know, it, it's actually, I would say I'm holding out that I think fudge still has a lot more to show and maybe has a little bit to do with nerves and maybe just honestly, is this what he's, you know, coming out and performing with? Um, I know that there's going to be better plays from him, but yeah, if it's literally just going to be the same shit that we saw in lock-ins where it's not even just the against the best uh top laners in the world like a someday in alfari but also in revenge who you know he actually performed better than in academy 
Like if Revenge is going to come into the league and have a marked better performance than Fudge, then that is concerning. Uh, then, you know, by the end of the spring split, if that be- continues to be an issue, yeah, for sure, bring Darshan up. Um, like that's where my mindset is at. So, like, just based off of the hard criticisms, I completely agree. But I do think that, um, I think I, just personally, just from what I'm seeing from Fudge throughout the entire year in Academy, I, I actually am still hopeful for him. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to, like, we all agree that he should be way above where he's playing based yeah. off of all the available data we have on him, right? It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like a Niles where Niles, I think, has received a lot of criticism, but also expectations were fairly low. I think people lauded Fudge as like perhaps one of the next great top laners for LCS, and like he's not he's not doing well. So, um, I I think that it's reasonable that people expect him to do well. I think the big question is just like is he. I mean, we've had other players in the LCS before who just can never rise to the challenge of playing on stage or, you know, in the actual LCS games, but then, like, dominate scrims. And supposedly he's quite good in scrims and obviously was good before. Yeah, and and I'm actually really surprised with what I saw in finals, which was, like, you know, Cloud9 having a lot of faith in them, giving him the Irelia counterpick in, um, I think it was Game 4, having it work so well and doubling down in Game 5. And then on top of that, uh, I mean, that was that's what I was surprised with because that's great. I love the fact that they are still propping them up throughout this tournament because it is a tournament where you're supposed to go back and reflect throughout it, throughout it um, you know, look back on the video and learn. You don't want to just come out with a strong conclusion of what your team identity is and what your problems are that you can't, you know, quote unquote, fix before the you know split even starts. So, and also on top of that, what I love is the fact that they just came out on force and just like supported the man on social media. Like, you know, I was concerned that you just see silence from the players, but I didn't see that. I saw them backing Fudge up. So I think he's in an environment that is going to support him and it's just on Fudge to be, um, to kind of up. That's what it is. Let me yeah, ask you uh, both questions as coaches. Oh, Mark, did you have something you want to say? No, I do, but no. Okay, really quickly, I was going to say, let me ask you both this. If you are cloud nine how worried should you be because in one sense look it was a throwaway tournament and everything is fine uh under nor under last year where spring split literally didn't matter it kind of doesn't matter you just go to these games and you've got like this whole split but now we're going to end up in a situation where starting this coming week assuming lcs is being played because i didn't see it on lollysports.com but uh you he will start playing matches that count towards like world's qualification essentially um, so I don't know if, what do you guys think? Um, I'm not too concerned about the importance of regular season matches right now, considering if, you know, four summer top eight teams make worlds or not make worlds, excuse me, make playoffs. Um, so like, I don't think you need to worry about it at that level at all. I think you can start to worry like, Hey, will he be there by the end of summer? I think there's no world that C9 misses playoffs, you know? So like, I don't, I don't think that part needs, needs to worry. Like if you're dropping games and in, in February, but Sorry, do you mean would, into summer and into spring? I'm saying summer is eight teams, top eight teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're saying should is he going to be there on the team when that happens? Right. I'm saying will he be ready? You know, like yeah, that's yeah. that's the ah, concern. Gotcha, not, gotcha. not losing games in February because he's he's not playing well right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like so that's where I think C9 could fans could be a little bit concerned. But I think I totally like Raz's point about he has the ecosystem and the trust of the team. It sounds like to improve. I think I agree about giving him Aurelia in game five again. Like you pick this player to play aggressive and stuff give him that opportunity that's something that even you know when it was uh 
led by Reaper and stuff, like he was really good about when they brought in new players, like give them their comfort and play around them. When Licorice started, I actually had a criticism of Licorice when he started, despite being incredible, which was that it was topside carry meta. He played topside carry and C9 played around him nonstop because they want him to play this style. And through the first half of the split, him and Echo Fox with Huni dominated. And everyone was like, oh my god, Licorice is so incredible and so good. Meta changes, it goes to a totally different play style that, uh, like, Orn is broken. Everyone needs to play Orn and a couple other, like, tanks and stuff. And C9 dropped pretty heavily in, in that spring. Um, so, like, I think, you know, I think I like when teams do that, but you also need to be ready for, like, you don't want to over-index into it. Um, I kind of got off topic there. Anyways, <laughs> I like that they they have faith in him and that they're trying to put him in positions to succeed. Yeah, I do too. And I think people are making um, strong stances about the future. I think it's great to criticism, criticize him right now. But yeah, you're right. It's February. I have confidence in the ecosystem in Cloud9. And also from what I've seen from Fudge, um, he can easily just get back to where he was when he was in uh, Oceania and when he was in Academy. I know it's a tougher... Um, it's a tougher you know, competition in the LCS. But I, I for sure expect him to be a lot better than what we saw in lock-ins. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned. I'm not pushing. Golden, uh, sounds like we agree with the assessment that Fudge underperformed and is worthy of people being disappointed in him. Uh, but, but there's more confidence that he'll get better over time. Are you confident that he'll turn it around? I'm hopeful. I think if he does... There will be another team that is extremely strong going into international, aside to TL. Um, so I think it would be better for for the league if if that happens. Yeah. Well, thank you. Is there anything that you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Um, yeah, a couple of things real quick. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been listening for a while, uh, first time. The second one is uh, as a TL fan, wanted to um, talk about TL and TL plus uh, how they are creating infrastructure around their fan base, which I think is really important. Continue to develop the league. And uh, the last one, obviously, uh, shout out to Alienware. Thank you. How much did Steve pay you for the Liquid Plus plug? <laughs> Do you get points in no. Liquid Plus for call as a caller calling in and, and promoting it? No pay me need it. As a, uh, an MBA student, I can see how he's trying to grow the league yeah. into something more, and I really appreciate it. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call. Have a good one. Okay. On to the next caller. Uh, by the way, for those that are not familiar with Liquid Plus, I've done two interviews with Steve about it. One when they launched it into beta, and now it's uh, open for everybody. Um, you can go check out uh, the interview that just dropped today with me and Steve about it. And we talked about it for the first several minutes, but then we also talk a lot about the changes that he's seeing in his team this year with the coaching staff and the way the team is trying to play more proactive and all that. So. Just a, a quick plug for that Steve interview, which I think is pretty good. It's on my channel. Lipton Teabag is here. Uh, Lipton, are you sponsored by uh, Lipton? No, but that, that's the hope. Okay, well, good, good luck. <laughs> uh, where are you calling from? That's the greatest from? name. I'm where, glad you like it. Where, where are you calling from, Teabag? Um, Tacoma, Washington. So shout out to Golden. Represent Washington. Nice, yeah. A lot of Washington callers. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my take is that based off of um, what we've seen in the lock-in, Core JJ is just like hands down 
the front runner for like season MVP candidate, and I don't think there's anybody even like close to him right now. Or arguably Jensen, but outside outside of him, I don't think anybody's close. Mark oh, and Rez, a good conversation. I was going to ask you guys about Jensen because I feel like people are split on him. Where when I was watching Medios' co-stream, for instance, he was like, "I don't think there's any mid laner who comes close to Jensen's level right now in the LCS," and was praising his a lot of his performance. And then I saw a lot of people saying that they felt like Jensen was completely absent during that series. So I'm kind of curious from both of you guys on the Jensen thing as we talk about this core JJ stuff. Wait, which series are we talking about? The the one that happened yesterday. That's really stupid if they think that. He literally beat Perks every fucking lane. That's that's a, and also is Oriana team fights? No, 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 no. Whoever said that needs to be doxxed. No, just not. I lied. I lied. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, no, I'm not calling for anything. All right. If they have a Twitter at, you know, tag just, just tag on I mean, I could show them. They've been tweeting at me. I think so. Yesterday, I tweeted uh, out like, "Hey, Jensen is trying to show is trying to back up his words this series with the, the with a clip of the interview I did with him, where he said like, I don't think I can learn anything from Perks.' And a lot of people were coming in and being like, "What are you talking about? Like, per Jensen's not around at all. He's getting carried by a Corjajan and Santor in this series." Uh, I'm pretty sure the context of that was like uh, in comparison to Soren, right? Bjergsen, I mean. No, they um, were talking about it within within the perks stuff. Uh, people people were upset at the idea that Jensen perhaps would be outperforming perks and did not feel as though that was what was happening. Mark, you you seem to agree with Raz's sentiment on Jen, on Jensen's performance. Yeah, I thought it was good. Like his Azir versus LeBlanc, he had play control that lane uh, for most of it. You know, like I don't know, I I don't think. I mean, I think it's fair to say that, like, TL has a lot of really good fucking players, and so sometimes he might not be, like, the 1v9 kind of thing that you sometimes see of other teams, you know? Um, Alfari is hard dumpstering his lane every game with plus 20 CSD average or yeah. some shit, you know? Core JJ and Tactical are 2v2 solo killing literally every game, you know? Like, in that sense, sure, he's, like, the camera's just not on him enough. <laughs> There's like it's just not enough time to to show like oh look at that good trade look at this stuff you know so like so let's pivot think, back oh go ahead I was just saying I think he was the best the best mid in lock in mm -hmm. let's pivot back I... to teabag then and the question is is there anyone including Jensen uh, given all the things that we just said that comes close to Core JJ's performance I have one I would say Alfari <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Yeah, I was literally like that was what I was holding for. So I think end of split MVP. If we, if it's gonna go to anybody, it's probably gonna be Alfari because he's already like had a humongous uh, impact literally every game. So <laughs> it's like you would give uh, it to Alfari over Core uh, as yeah. of right now. I, of course, it's a bet. Like it's a bet on the entire split MVP. Yeah, I would yeah. But if you had to give it today, it sounds like you would give it to Alfari over Core. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, dude, it would like, be it would be hard. You would you would, I don't think he, I think most people would pick core. You'd be the odd man out, but I think Alfari is a respectable option. This is this is how you lose an MVP. You start splitting votes. You know, Alfari and Core JJ need to get in a fist fight to determine who's going to rally behind the other to get the MVP vote because otherwise they're going to split them. Or they need to figure out some way to to, to determine who's the the top dog and who their team should put their their votes behind. You well, know, you can't vote for yourself, so I know, but I'm saying, like, for the public, like, the social media campaign, rally, you know, yeah, like, yeah, okay, gotcha. 
Wait, wait, Mark? I, didn't, I forgot. I was saying I would I would vote Corey JJ over Alfaro right uh, now, but I'm saying that we're splitting votes. So like all the C9 fanboys are going to put Sven probably number one, and then next yeah. thing you know, I think Sven I, Sven for sure had like a really fucking good lock in tournament, and so that's for where sure. I would say my three players would probably end up being and contest by the end of the split would be um, Corey JJ Alfaro and Sven, but I would have Alfaro. I think for lock in tournament, damn, I'd probably still do Alfaro, but yeah, um, those three players I think are too damn good right now to get back on the jensen point i was talking about this on the dive a little bit today but i just don't think jensen's ever going to win an mvp which is kind of fucked uh in a sense because i felt like he should have won it i forget which split it was but like there's the best of three era when he finished like 50 more kills than the second place person it was like absolutely it's like he had 350 and the next person had like 300 you know he literally yeah. had like 20 percent more than someone else <laughs> yeah. and now now that bjergsen's gone he's on a team with like other superstars and so like so if tl does well Actually, that's uh, to your point. Like, oftentimes MVP goes to whoever wins. And so if TL wins, for instance, like, yeah. people are going to lean towards Core or Alfari instead of him. Right. I just, yeah. I like, I don't think you can win an MVP on, on Team Liquid unless, like, they change their play style to be like, all right, Jensen, let's get you an MVP. And he's playing, like, LeBlanc, Yone, like, shit every game. That's the thing. Uh, it, having somebody on the team playing a more supportive style, you know, being on Oriana Azir or just the late game insurance duty, like the people looking at that outside looking in will usually err against them. Where I would say right now, Jensen is the best mid in the league. Alfari's looking like the best top in the league. Core JJ looking like the best support in the league. I, like that's just how. I, I also, yeah, I mean, I guess you know, jungles, Santorin, best jungle. Like these are the type of things where it's like. It's cursed. You're playing a supportive position on a team of all stars. Well, good luck. <laughs> You're not getting the MVP. Like just on just on the on paper alone, it's rough. Well, teabag, uh, seems like Raz is the only one that disagrees with you about it being Core JJ. He thinks Alfari. Do you have any rebuttal towards him? Wait a minute, I mean, I, Alfari. Or just, what, just for the what, based off of what you saw in luck and what would you think okay. by based you know by the end of the season yeah not okay. just for luck because I, yeah, I, I, I think anyway, so yeah I mean Alfari is clearly just the man is a robot like <laughs> is just in, the dude's insane but I mean like for I I don't know Corja J especially like his Nautilus game he gets he opts into the counter matchup where most people would. I I, th I believe most people would say Leona tends to be a counter to Nautilus because you can't hook after she lands her E, she lands behind you. But the fact that he's able to play the counter matchup and still land like these insane hooks, he's canceling Leona's E with Nautilus hook so that he can land his autos for the stun. And, and the hooks on Thresh when he's playing the EG series, he's landing hooks on people in the middle of team fights, turning all these team fights. I mean, the amount of stuff I think he does for the team as a whole, even with Vision. It's just so valuable that even if Alfari just hard dicks everybody in top lane, I don't think that impact is still going to meet what Core is just able, just able to do as a support. I think his role just enables him to be just this god impact on the map. Well, speaking of impact, by the way, I feel bad for impact because I feel like he had a great, great tournament on some really cool champions and then just like, unfortunately... Same. Like, if he had I been know. on Team I was... Liquid, I feel like everybody would be talking about Impact right now. Although, if he was on Team Liquid, he probably That's... wouldn't be playing like he was playing on EG, so. True. That series made me sad, because I was like, man, I like Impact. He was great, but you're just going up against Alfari and his TL, and 
sad to say you're just going to lose. And also, he did exactly the same thing that we were knowing of Impact in the past. The man just early picks his, his champion. Like, what we saw from him on TL when he was first picking Mordekaiser, he's now two-picking yeah. R and just taking it. That's probably just his philosophy on the game at this point because he can, he can play strong matchups, and he's been doing really well. But... It looks like they're just going to give counter pick to bot lane and mid, so that's just that's his that's his life now. I mean, he, he's clearly fine getting absolutely zero draft resource, and he's able to actually still function in the game. So I think yeah, is not going to yeah, function. It might be <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think they could ever win if they gave anybody else if they gave him more draft resource. So you know, I guess yeah, he this maybe is his philosophy, or maybe that's just you know, curse monkey paw. He's stuck forever to. No longer season three impact carrying games. Thanks so much, Teabag, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Um, I'll do shout out to Alienware, six sponsor, and then uh, I'll shout out Raz. Man only has thirty five k followers on Twitter. That is uh, clearly not representative of his uh, Twitter game. Does he? So uh, we got pump those numbers up, chat. Wow. Oh my god. Maybe Don't I put should, like should How I about follow like, Raz on Twitter. Hey, Punk. Pog 35k? Damn, now I look like a pleb. <laughs> what was <laughs> this? Well, you you do you make a lot of political tweets, and from my experience, anytime you tweet about politics, you just tank your following. Like I lost oh, a ton yeah. of people from doing that. So not going to lie, this is just something. I I know it's better for me to have more followers, but I also don't want because what what 100k means is. More voices that will just be a pain in the ass when you make a political tweet or some stupid ass tweet, and that's just my that's my persona. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that, guys. So what uh, Raz is saying is he wants less followers. So if you're following him on Twitter right now, Wait, hold up now, I'm fine with whatever I got. Please go and unfollow him. Uh, uh -oh. <laughs> thank you so much. Calm down. Thank you so much, Teabag, for the call. Thank you for having me on the show, man. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Uh, off to the next caller. Uh, where are we? B B Broncos. Thank you for the prime. Oh, I got you earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PD Null gifted a sub to Killer Dolphin. Uh, Lord Dink. Thank you for the prime. And Kristen. Thank you for the tier one. I really appreciate it. Kelby uh, says I would like to short Raz follower account on Twitter. Will Robin Hood take my trade? Buy into Raz, guys. Buy, follow, please. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, LS says he's unfollowing Raz right now. What? This is absurd. If I see... No, this cannot happen. I wish there was like a live updating bar graph of your follower count. Yeah. I just it's Yeah, it's like a stock market where it's just going up and down. Um... You can't allow this. Hold! <laughs> Hold! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Krishna is here. Krishna, where are you calling from? Calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, Louisiana. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that C9 losing the finals and not being dominant is actually what they need to be the best team in North America. Ah, oh, I love. We always get a verse every every couple months. We get a, a call from a caller who's like, actually. My team losing is a good thing, and here is why. Um, and are you, by the way, are you a C9 fan, Krishna? 
I, I'm a hardcore C9 fan. Okay, okay. Well, let me let, break it down for me. Why is their loss all part of the master plan for Cloud9? Because they have a tendency, like when they're dominant, to like go with these like strategies that are out of the world, and they only work because Blabber is getting buffed up in the jungle and running around killing people. But clearly, that's not going to work every game. And I'm happy that they lost and that they have a chance to like revisit strategies and try to maybe get fudge on more carry picks or like play through perks. And I feel like this is the way that they're going to be able to do it. I mean, right. here's here's what I will say. I will take the idea of lock and tournament was really good for C9 because they were able to learn a lot from it. And so they're... The, the the way that the tournament went for them was good overall but i i have a hard time th thinking like if they just if they just got a win in that game five or what was it there was one yeah i think game five if that game had just gone for them uh the opposite of the way it did i doubt that they'd be like fuck now we <laughs> now we're doomed <laughs> we what do we do guys how do we improve i think i think fudge would never you know reach his peak if he didn't get fucked up level one by thinking he could win a trade on Aurelia, chased him all the way down the lane, then got chased all the way back up the lane. You know, I think if if he actually just, you know, won that matchup, then then yeah, he would have a horrible summer, uh, you know, 2021. Lose is improve is what I've heard, you know, in my days. I mean, uh, oh, go ahead, Raz. Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I think um, on the losing aspect, I mean, I think I would have enough faith in the coaching staff that they would find good uh, takeaways regardless of the you know the result of the game. But I do think that obviously now that you've lost and the community's on you, there's more drive or push to do to like to prove yourself and prove people wrong. So there's always that element. Um, having naysayers is definitely a, a great way to kick shit into overdrive. That's for sure. And if we're talking about a, a winning strategy, what I would see C9 doing by the end of the split, if I want them to win, is definitely play to the bottom lane. And it's not—it's not, it's not any, knocking under the players, other than Zven and Vulcan are legit insane. Um, they've been playing throughout really well throughout the tournament. Um, so them playing on supportive picks, as even if it's in the meta, this is always my question: is like if even if it's in the meta to go double Moonstone bot lane. If you put your best players on double moonstone and put carry, uh, um, you know, carry responsibilities, um, you know, on not your best players, I'm concerned. I think th that would be my issue. Is it, you know, maybe C9 thinks that the best way to play the game is through double moonstone because it, I think it's really, you know, fucking good and it's been doing well in academy. There's C9 academy team's been doing great at that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see Sven and Vulcan on that shit, um, personally. So those are the type of things where I'm like. Yeah, they're not necessarily playing the way that would give them the immediate results, but I also just don't want them to be doing that in the pre in the preseason tournament. Um, so just as a recap of all the shit I said, end of split, play to bottling. In the beginning of split, you can experiment and try and improve other places. Um, I have a quick question. Sorry, Krishna. You said that it was good that they lost to Team Liquid. Would it have been better if they lost 100T? Well, I mean, actually, I think I like meant like them losing to TL. Well, clearly, like I would want them to be in the finals. But the whole idea of them, like both their series going five games and their first two games in both series, 
they tried this strategy where they just kept buffing up Blabber, and it got it just got shut down because it was just getting destroyed because they had no way to engage, or they had like Sven and Vulcan, Vulcan on like these really bad champions with no play but like potential. So I have a feeling that like with this in the bag now, the coaching staff can finally be like, okay, playing through Blabber is not the best way to do it. What about the game they won with Senna TK and he was on Olaf and? I mean, it's got to work sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so what I'll say, uh, I mean, we've mostly been memeing your answer about like, oh, C9, you know, they, they would have been doomed if they won all that stuff. Um, I think like, the, I don't think they need to lose to like hit their peak. You know, I, I think when you play, when you're that close to the top already, you know, I think you're pretty motivated. Um, but what I will say is I think C9 fans can be really optimistic because we talk about all the problems that, that C9 had over the course of this lock-in tournament. You know, we talk about fudge a lot. We talk about perks not showing up right out the gate um, and all this different stuff. But they were still one game away from winning. Like, people talk about TL like they're this flawless team. They're so incredible. Best players in every position, yada, yada, yada. C9, oh, fudge. We were talking about them that way. I know, I am. Uh, And that's what I'm saying is, like, that's the conversation. And they were one game away from winning. Um, So, like, think about how much room there is to improve, it feels like, for a team like that where, you know, like, oh, they look so bad just, like, two weeks ago and now they actually were one game away from winning a final basically <laughs> and not to say that tl's peaked and they're not going to improve either like maybe tl just takes off to another tier but i do think there's a lot of obvious things to improve for for c9 that um is this the the higher ceiling argument like c9 has a higher ceiling than tl because to your point if we think tl is already playing really well and they've got all these great players c9 is <laughs> is running it down and Perks yet, hasn't showed up yet. Five million right, dollar waste. Fudge right, is a dumpster like, fire, and it's like, wait, they almost won, guys. Theoretically, I mean, by this argument, theoretically, C nine should be way better than them if they can just inch it, um, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, b- both teams are going to improve, so like, it's definitely like not an either or situation. But I do think um, C nine already being in a finals and being one game away speaks to like, okay, they 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 are really 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 good. Mark thinks you should short. TL stock, everybody. That's what he's he's saying. I'm holding. Uh, <laughs> Krishna, uh, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Yeah, I guess just for some food for thought. I know, like we were talking about, like before, you guys were talking about like the import rules and whatever. But like when you really look at it, like you guys were talking about the top three players for MVP right now, and all three of them were imports: Zven, Alfari, and Core JJ. So interesting thing to, to think about. But uh, thanks for the call, and shout-out to Alienware and Travis. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good one. Yeah. That's why I said I remember a take that was represented on the show, probably from Twitch chat, is like taking someone thought that taking away the imports would make the same quality of play. No, guys, that would that would make us like, please keep these guys. So that's yeah. not even the conversation. I like the current – yeah, I like the current system a lot because guess what? TL, which is like, even if you don't have tactical on there, you have like some other, you know, import AD or whatever. Like, let's say Zven was on it or something like that. I don't think people would look at TL and be like, oh, yeah, that's like a non NA team, right? Like, mm-hmm. e- because you've just seen these players in the league for so long uh, with Jensen, Core JJ, et cetera. So, I don't know. Um, and Core JJ was on Dignitas, man. He's yeah, that's NA my point, original. right? Like, you have a lot of these players that have been around for so long, like when they've already spent the majority of their careers in 
North America, and those careers have been quite long. We've gotten off on a topic for something that we weren't. Why'd even you do that? Raz, <laughs> Raz did this to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to continue to use this time. Everybody, just be aware we are a nation of immigrants. I don't want to hear this bullshit. All right. Um, Are you Canadian? Hell yes, I am. The Canadian invasion continues in the LCS. So when you say we are a nation of, I don't. You can't even legally work here right now. That's why. Anyway, uh, Blaine what? is here. Blaine, where are you calling from? I am calling from North Vernon, Indiana. What do you, What do you want to talk about on the show? I think TSM should take Hanser over Hooney in their lineup. Oh, okay. I I like that. I think this is near the end of the call. Go, what, Mark? I was just saying. I think it's worth noting that his name is also C Nine Blaine. So... Yes, I, I I am a Cloud Nine fan. Okay, Cloud Nine fan Blaine. And is this because you're trying to sabotage your one of your rival no, teams? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, well, either way, I'm happy to to have this call. I felt like it was going to be inevitable, but uh, <laughs> even before, whatever. Anyway, go ahead and explain. I I just think. At least through the lock-in tournament so far, Hooney's looked really coin flippy. I mean, we've known he's been a coin flip player for at least a couple years. And if you think about, because I've been watching since you know Hunter had his long stint in TSM, like he's just been so much more consistent throughout the years. And the fact that he's just stuck under him when I feel like he could be so so much more of a consistent player on the team is just ridiculous that he's not at least getting played in certain matchups. Mark and Raz. What are your what do you think it is likely or not likely that Hanser ends up starting for TSM in the next four weeks? Four weeks? Yeah. In the next month. Before. In the next month, do you think that Hanser will end up uh playing a game for TSM at least one? Ooh. I would say no. unlikely. Both I think I I say unlikely mostly because I'm a big proponent of give him a chance. God damn. Like if you're Yeah, Hootie taking... has never had a chance before in his life. But Much I'm like just... Fudge, this man has not had a, ch a moment to prove himself. I'm just saying, and unless if it's abhorrent, like the level of play, we can't continue to see it. Then obviously like uh, you can you have to make a swap. But if it's if it's literally just like um current Hooney, what we're seeing right now, um yeah, four weeks is pretty quick, guys. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big... I do think, you know, going on to that kind of conclusion, I do think that Hanser will come in at some point because I, I think Hanser is a great player. Hanser is a great player in lane. He is a consistent one. Two months? I think he's a great backbone for a team. So I, there are a lot of positives for him. Do you say that at some point? Two months? Because two months would be by playoffs, right? Because we, we only have, yeah. I think, seven weeks or something. So I'm down for two months. Okay, you think he'll be on... Summer. Uh, by summer okay well i mean i i would also be down for summer but if we're you know one game no Hoon, no Hoon, i hoon has got a stomach virus comes in for one game raz wins on reality <laughs> yeah i think i think concert i think concert will be i think they will put him in for at least one game in the next four weeks i'll i'll go for that so i've got four weeks Raz has two months and mark Travis, has taking a lot of l's this would only continue to be you know that would only be continue to be the case. So, uh, yeah. yeah Listen, please. I love clipping stuff out for Twitter. So when I get to clip this one out, it'll be good. And then I just won't even clip it if I end up being wrong. Uh, Mark, what's your yeah. take on all this? Um, I think Huni deserves more time than a month. Uh, unless, like Raz says, just a dumpster fire up there. But um, even by the time 
of like the C9 series, he was actually doing fine. You know, like I don't think he was the biggest problem that game. It felt like the bot lane. And I know he's going up against Fudge, and we have our own questions about Fudge, but um, it did feel like the bot lane was was having more of an issue with Lost and and Sword Art. And I think Sword Art's okay or was playing okay, but like the the bot lane as a whole is not there yet. Um, I think Poe has not been super impactful either. Like I don't think anyone has looked great on TSM right now. So it'd feel weird to just single Hooney out when the whole team is not like grooving. Yeah. It's not, like, I mean, it's not like C9 where like, oh my God, they made finals, but like top lane was getting smashed every game. You know, you're like, right, Mark. Situation. We shouldn't single Hooney out. Let's get POE out of there. Lost out of there. Let's bring back Bjergsen and double lift. Bjergsen, double lift. Hansa, all coming in in the next four weeks. So, like, for me, um, I would have to rewatch the series to, like, nail down, like, his individual play, but I, I didn't really come out of his games, like, targeting him. I mostly just thought that C TSM as a whole um, either had poor drafts or were just as were not on the same page of the team of what they were fighting for, like, what the objective was. They would, like, come into an objective really late and, like, watch it be done in front of their faces and not try and trade across the map. Like, certain things like these. Or they would be, like, you know, POE basing and they're contesting, like, um camps on on the map and i'm like guys like we can plan for these well in advance so like i think there are a lot of team issues that i would see um that would need to be addressed and i don't see an individual issue like blaring for me right now uh, so four weeks would be ridiculous um i just wouldn't see that happening you know by by playoffs one game i i'd put i think that's a safe bet but like summer split i have a lot of faith in uh, Hans here to prove himself. Uh, Blaine, seems like you've got a different, you've got a timeline here where we all agree he'll be playing at least sometime this year for TSM. What's just a, a yeah, I, on how long? I would no, I would agree with it. I I just think it, in certain matchups, Hanser would just be a better pick. I mean, they already have him. He's a good player. So you think they should be? It sounds like you think they should do two, like a two-man type thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like like uh, like Cloud Nine when they swapped out like Jensen and Golden Glue and like Spin Scaring and Blabber. You know, kind of like that thing. Run a Lucian top one v one every Thursday night to determine who plays. <laughs> right, I, yeah, just one v one it. <laughs> I hate it personally because I think that's more of an indictment on if it if the system's just not working for you. So, like, if we're next to playoffs or something and you really have an issue in the top lane or if you just have an issue of how your team works with your top laners, then, yeah, then that, to me, that's a good Band-Aid solution of, like, trying to mix and match to challenge the, the laners. But I don't think TSM I would hate for them to do it in the first five weeks because then you just you have no stability. It, it would be as bad as, like, I think last year when TSM was just trying a new flavor of the month every week in terms of, like, uh, you know, compositions that they were running. Yeah, um, I I agree with Raz. Like, if they don't let Hooney get enough time, what to you know get started? It's you called it's in and you were saying they need to take him out, and now I, no, I, 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 I think they should. But if they're gonna stick with Hooney, like I'm just saying, in certain matchups, it'd probably be a better idea. Ugh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Spawn is in chat trying to bait us into talking about Academy. Nice try, Spawn. <laughs> Uh, Blaine, thank you so much for the call. I uh, hope your team does well this this year. Uh, what what do you want to talk about? Or sorry, what do you want to shout out here at the end? Um, I want to shout out uh, Travis and Mark. I've been watching for years. First time on the show, love it. 
Um, shout out Alienware, obviously. Yeah, Maybe. that's uh, pretty much it. Shout out Cloud9. Let's go. Let's go, go, boys. Thank you so much <laughs> for the call. Oh, no problem. See you guys later. Have a good one. All right. I should get some form of compensation, Travis, for the dubs that I am taking. All right. What dubs I'm are you taking? It's over. He changed his position to my position. He was all all these callers, Raz. They're like, there's very few that ever call in and are like, actually, I'm going to stand by this because we get people that call in and they're like, I think that the LCS should actually just stop competing entirely, and that's how we'll win. And then Mark and I go like. Uh, that doesn't make sense for X, Y, Z. And then they go, yeah, you're right. I guess I should have thought about this a bit more. So like whatever you convert a viewer or a caller, you know, it's not, you shouldn't feel that great. I'm feeling pretty fucking good, Travis. Don't tear me down like you do the rest of the league, Travis. <laughs> I, I tear down the league? I, Travis Gaffer, just, tear down the league? you just shit flinger, dude. That's all you do. You me? get up there. Yeah. I I th- I have about uh, people think I am bland and tame, and have no personality or opinions. Somebody said earlier uh, that I was the person I got l- picked last in gym, uh, because that's all these alpha bully people. Like what? BT is here. BT, where are you calling from? <laughs> oh, I'm calling from Winston Salem, North Carolina. Oh, you're a little quiet. Uh, are you? Oh, sorry. Any, any chance you're muffled? Can you hear me? Yeah, is this better. better? Yeah, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Winston Salem, North Carolina. Winston Salem, North Carolina. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I was gonna talk about how this is gonna be NA's uh, best uh, performance internationally this year, uh, oh. and it's because all the teams uh, have a much more aggressive and fast-paced play style, and they're playing a lot more uh, champions and are like adapting to different champions much quicker. Okay, so just to define this, BT, if it's our best ever, we've made it to MSI finals twice now, but didn't win. And then we've also made it to semis at Worlds. Well, you're only talking about quality, Travis. There's also quantity. Travis, once again, bring the league down. I'm not bringing the league down. I'm saying if we're going to do better than we've ever done before. Two teams out of groups would be better than anything since 2014. Would Okay, would you rather have two teams out of groups or a team in semifinals? That's actually a really tough question. Not, but I, I would take it. Yeah. I would take semifinals easy. Yeah, I would take semifinals. It's more hype. I agree. But on a, on like a how good is NA level? Why can't yeah, I agree with Caller? Why not both, dude? Fuck you. Okay, that's fine. If Caller says we're going to get two teams out of groups and one will make it to semifinals, that's. I'm not saying we're not. I'm just trying to clarify when he says we're going to have a, a be, the best performance we've ever had, what that means. So, what does that mean, Caller? Call your, yeah, let's, call let's your world with, shot uh, right now. What is it? All three teams out of groups and one in semifinals. Oh, my Damn. God. That's you know what's going to happen? It's going to happen in, in the worst way, too, where the two NA teams play each other's in quarters. And, like, you know, it's some jacked up thing where, like, some team flopped in groups. And so, like, you know, somehow one team gets the, the one seed to get the other team's two seed. And we, like, flunk our way into semis. And everyone's like, what a fluke. And then we get trashed. And even though it's our best ever. Yeah. And by the know, way, it's, it's like I'm the one that brings version. the league down, by the way, everyone. Just to be clear, between Mark and I. I'm the one that brings it down. I really wish you could just maintain an air of positivity around us, Travis. Yeah, it's really sorry. Tough BT, to... BT, 
What are the three teams? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be C9 and TL. Okay. Um, and then probably TSM because okay. they somehow always come together in the end. Okay, so right, explain. Get the prediction. What's what's the actual like reasoning? Yeah, yeah. Let's what's the argument? The... Uh, it's because TL this year has been really proactive, um, and all the teams that are doing really well, like uh, 100 Thieves and, and Cloud9, are also playing really fast-paced games. Um, and I think that's kind of the style that you need to perform internationally. Um, and that's kind of different from past past years. I feel like a lot of the top teams before have done a lot of this stall for late game. Um, and even like in TL's games where there's a zero, they don't pick a zero and then wait till 30 minutes to do anything. They keep making early game plays and do like cross map plays and things like that instead of just showing up late to a bad play. I, I like it. I really like this. So I would disagree on three making out of groups. Like <laughs> it's just I. I mean, we forced them to make that out. prediction. So, but you, you forced them, Travis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. But on the point of um, uh, the three teams that would go to Worlds, um, yeah, I'd probably. Man, it is so difficult. I would, I would actually agree with them with TSM. You know, I would, I, I would say 100 Thieves for sure is a team that is looking so fucking good, but... Um, Raz betraying his old why, friends. Why not, Raz? Who, who's the weak link who's going to hold him back? It's not a weak link thing. I just look at the talent just so you... from TSM. I see Sword Art, I see POE. I see... Um, I think Speaker's doing really well right now, but of course Closer... Damn it, I think it's just the BO5 so he thinks, thing. So he thinks he thinks he is the weak link. He thinks Demonte uh, is the no, weak no, link. No, no, no. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what it really is. I've, I've been trying to deny it for so fucking long. But it's I always I think it's gonna happen, and then it gets to the best of five, and they're winning, and then it just doesn't happen. Raz, right? you should have gone full Golden Guardians fan and just said someday was the weak link on Hunter T. Yeah. That, that was hilarious. the correct answer. Um, that would out me. I, yeah, I think it's just, you know, they need to be able to do in the best of five for me to believe it. So I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I think 100 Thieves are a really fucking good team, and they have a different style that's much needed in the LCS. Um, and I think for sure that they should be a team that makes it uh, to Worlds as a top okay. three team. But but I, I know we're, we've turned this call into something. We've bastardized the whole thing. The <laughs> caller, the caller said... That he thinks that the the way that we are changing the way the ways in which we are playing different than the, than we normally do will be what gets us to succeed. And Raz, yeah. I am curious if you think that that is what is going to get us there. Uh, the way we are ch what what's changing? Okay, you didn't listen whenever he explained. Mark, go. Let me. Yeah, okay, great. I, I'm down with this take. I think the players uh, are playing a lot more aggressively, and it was a preseason tournament that technically doesn't really matter beyond uh, some pretty minor things. So, like, maybe they'll drop off, but in game one of the finals, you know, like, they were really going at it, and that's what you want to see. You want to see people skill-checking each other. Vulcan and Sven were 2v2 trying to kill Core JJ and Tactical, and, like, I think, uh, you know, when you get to the international stage, everyone's skill-checking everyone, you know? Like, Ben and... 369 are not backing down. They're like, let's play carry, carry, baby. And then, like, they switch it up, and someone goes, like, oh, actually, Scion's better here. And, like, you know, crazy shit happens. But, like, you know, people are not afraid to scrap it out. And that's yeah. what I like to see this this time is everyone's kind of been scrapping it out a little bit more. Um, and I think all the teams have slightly different play styles as well. It doesn't feel like everyone's just, like, mimicking the top team. Um, Santorin 
is like more oriented to assisting lanes. Jensen is not roaming quite as much, so he does play TF and stuff. Not saying he doesn't roam. He played Galio, yada yada yada. But like you know, they have a different play style than Hundred Thieves, which is way more roam oriented with their mid jungle versus like C9, which like Blabber's playing more carry stuff, like Hecarim and shit. You know, like and I'm really going carry Olaf with Enchanters to support him up. Like everyone has their own style, but they're all still playing aggressive and proactively. I love it. Yeah. I, I think that this is great. I completely agree with that. In 2018, when Invictus Gaming won Worlds, I, I, I thought the LPL had hit its peak in terms of um, uh, level of competition within the league and different styles within the league, right? I, I thought there were teams like BLG at the time that were playing really slow, patient style. So when Invictus Gaming and you know top teams in the league faced them, they had to be really fucking good at being able to deal with it. Um, when they went up against teams like fpx or whoever were uh, really aggressive at the time like they had to ramp up the style you had like scraps in uh, like eight minutes into the game like constantly fighting like being able to adapt, challenge each other that is super important domestically because you don't want it to be international play and then you're learning you want international play to be the test in which you've kind of like the culmination of all the shit that you worked on throughout the entire domestic splits and also i think it also helps that the teams that I think will go to the next level learn from the last time they, the last split. Like TL were criticized for being too stagnant in draft. They got a player who is not only better in the top lane, but also is completely flexible. Um, 100 Thieves is a team that, you know, they face their, or at least the Golden Guardians or 100 Thieves players. Um, you know, they, they got an upgrade and on top of that, have an extra split or year to work with each other and work on the, you know, the, the, the but they're not the going to worlds, Raz. Look, it's the, According it's the, look, it's the top four, top five that matter. Okay. They yeah. mold the diamond. All right. So that's why you have to talk who's our, about who's our diamond or fifth. Fly quest I support. Like, I said TSM third. I'm willing to change as the split goes on, but I think TSM are in a position to do that. All right. So one of the things that this conversation has reminded me of is that, well, two things. One, um, that that Worlds you were talking about, Raz, was that the Korea Worlds? The one that happened in Korea? Yeah. Um, it reminded me of, of when Cloud9 helped break that kind of like slow strategic Korean uh, meta by taking, sure. uh, what was the European team that had Jazuke? Vitality. Vitali like Vitality's play style and just going really aggro with it. And like that was the furthest we've ever gone at Worlds was that Cloud9 roster doing that type of stuff. Um, it also made me think of, uh, I did an interview with Steve, which is on the channel. He talks about this and then I talked to Jad about it as well. Uh, Steve talked about how he was watching the players play and Tactical made some like aggressive play mid lane that like previously he said our coaching staff would have said like, hey, don't go for that next time you know, you lost and that's why, but instead he was encouraged to do it. And the jet talks about sort of why and the philosophy there, but that type of stuff makes me hopeful because here's what I would like to see. Even if we don't overperform or perform to whatever, I'd like us to go down swinging in a way that I feel like we don't normally watching worlds is usually painful for NA fans, not only because we lose, but because it's like, it's just you watch the all the teams bleed out over the course of groups, and then suddenly, usually, they win the games after they've already lost, you know gotten out. But I, I just I'd like us to at least try to contest and like even and have the games look good and fun. 
Maybe that nine man sleep will just be a five man sleep next week. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. So I don't know. I like this a lot, BT. I don't know if I'm confident enough to say, like, here's what I will say. I don't know if we will do better than we've ever done before. However, I do think we'll do better than we did the last two years, in part because of the... <laughs> it's hard to do worse. Yeah, it's hard to do worse. Um, although we did, we had that MSI run, right? But um, also because I, I just think the teams are looking to play very differently this year. So thank you so much, BT, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we wrap up the show? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out Alienware. I actually got an Alienware PC during the Black Friday sale, um, and I wouldn't have even considered it uh, unless I heard about it from you. So thank you. Oh, my God. You have no there idea. You. Thank Honestly, thank you, BT, because when you say stuff like that, when people say stuff like that, when they call in or they tweet or whatever, it's, it's actually so helpful. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, BT, for the call, and we will catch you next time. Thanks. See you. Can we just talk about how unlucky it was for TL to be in the same group as Dom One and Invictus Gaming? That's it. All right, that's it. That's, that's it for me. Why not just beat them? That's what I wonder, Raz. Why not just be better than them? I'm just putting that out there, all right? Just a thought experiment. Be in another group. That's, what, that's what NA fans always say about their teams, you know? It's like, oh, uh, so unlucky. you're in that yeah. other group. That... Uh, shit. Someone came in instantly in the Twitch chat with a great counter with response, which is they're the third seed. Well, no, wait, Invictus Gaming beat. No, I, I completely, oh, whatever, man. China's too strong. Sat here having these one-sided arguments with Twitch chat in front of all these people. <laughs> it's like, for, uh, for a VOD like and a podcast, over, I don't know what's going Raz, on. Stop arguing with people. Oh, fuck. Team, Team Liquid in Twitch chat says, wait, we beat IG. Didn't they go one and one? Yeah. I don't remember. It was 2018. I think they're talking about MSI. Anyway. Oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. But let's forget about that one. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't count. You guys just fluked it. <laughs> okay, Dardock. Oh, I love, I that's one it. of my favorite interviews I know. ever, dude. It's uh, so good. It's so real because that's how people feel all the time. I wish people would just say that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> interview the loser more often so they can be like, man, I fucking inted lane. That guy still sucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, That'd be a great interview. Fluked it. They fluked that win. CLG fluked that win. All right. Uh, well, I guess that's the show. Wow. We all right, cool. It. Good night. Time flies, that was a really... Man. As always, Raz, it was a great show with you on, so thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And yeah, the, the takes were great tonight. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mark, what do you want to shout out, Plug? Shout out Raz for coming on, making it a fun episode. His have, episodes are the best. Do you have any cool things that you're doing anytime soon? Um, are you allowed to talk about the thing that I know you're doing? I think so. Didn't I mention it already? The fantasy draft? No, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about... Um, you're on a broadcast soon. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, haven't signed any paperwork. I haven't signed any paperwork. Okay, never mind. <clears throat> well, leak. All right. I'll blow that one up, everybody. Clip it and throw it on and start speculating instantly. Well, I just, I think it's been great having Mark on the Riot broadcast for so long. And it's about time I moved on to bigger and better things with cable TV. <laughs> yeah, well. Mark on Fox News? They had to make room for Raz somehow, and uh, they gave Mark the boot, I think is what happened. Um, they're just waiting for Mark to get out of there so that Raz can start. 
It's Gilchrist. Thank you for the 10 gifted subs. That's awesome in the chat. Get me out of here, Travis. Okay, Mark. <laughs> We're working on it. All right. Raz, what would you like to say here at the end? Uh, hello, Mr. Joe Biden. I know you're in this, you know. <laughs> you're a great viewer to Travis Gafford. I'm sure you know what Twitch is. Um, <laughs> approve my visa instantly. All right, that's it. <laughs> that's all I, all right, that's all I got. Yeah, maybe next time the LCS can get sponsored by Visa instead of MasterCard. Because maybe they I don't think they're the same. Really? All right. Uh, for me, I've got some great interviews coming out. I did an interview with Jose Diodo today that I really enjoyed. Uh, I should te tease the run it this week is a look at the three Pokemon starters of the LCS right now. Uh, Alfari, Sword Art, and Perks, and how well they did. Hopefully Tim doesn't mind me teasing that. Uh, but we'll, we're going to do an analysis on how they performed in the Lockin tournament. What's going on, Mark? Are you okay? The show's ending. Okay. Mark now is returning power. to his home in the dark. Uh, and oh, it feels like there's something else. Uh, as I've said the last couple episodes, hopefully we have an announcement for you guys next week um, about something that we've been working on for a bit. Oh, and Mark and I have filmed the recap for Rhythm of War. We did that last week. I just need to post it to the channel, the book channel. So if anybody wants to check that out. That's Travis, fine. hit the lights. It's after hours. I thought you wanted it's me to get you League out of after here. Dark. I do. Hit the lights. Hit the lights and then let's leave. That's as dark as it can go because I have a like a front light and then this giant monitor here. So I turn my front light off. Turn your front light off. Oh, also sure. the okay. You close the lights with your phone? No, he has a the Hugh Phillips light bulbs on his phone. Also, yeah. I have a crazy DSLR which is just upping the ISO every time a, a light source turns is that off. Just, is that just screen brightness or is that auto? Yeah, How there's no, the there's nothing but my monitors in the room right now. I'm sitting in complete darkness. I'll turn on, I'll, I'll try to make, I'll put like Spotify full screen up top. This is wait, and also turn off auto auto brightening on your DSLR. Well, that would take more time than I think you're willing to give me. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Get me out of here. Uh, but yeah, this is just monitor. It honestly looks pretty good. Maybe I should just do more content in the dark. Uh, so he says, turn your five monitors off. Listen, Alien retreats me really well. All right, uh, this has been Hotline League. Thanks so much to Raz and Mark. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. We do these every week at 8 o'clock on Monday Pacific time, and there's a podcast that's available as well on Spotify and other platforms. So thanks, everyone, for watching, and we'll catch you next time.